What'd you find out, Scully? A dookie winging past your head sends a sharp message to your brain. What message is that? <laughs> to gather the other apes and make war on your dread enemy? I believe I'm in touch with that feeling, Scully. Really? Do you have Dookie flung at you, too? Drop it. Duncan and Buck come correct. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, it is Duncan and Bo go to the X-Files episode 11 or no season three. God damn it. I'm getting it all wrong. Uh, season 11, episode three, uh, of, uh, the X-Files, uh, a, a season one might argue did not need to be. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. There is some weird shit that happens in this episode that I am not 100% certain I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not the basic plot. It's some other shit that happens. Um, but that doesn't matter. We'll get into that. Uh, first of all, Duncan, how are you? How you feeling? How you doing? I am well, Bo. I am well. Uh, I have, very much like yourself, literally just finished this episode of The X-Files, so it's nice and fresh in my mind. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. Should we just play uh, a game of Hangman or two? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting the feeling that it's maybe not being received all that well because it airs. What day does it air in the states? I, I, I think it aired a week ago tomorrow. I think it's yeah. a Wednesday night show. Yeah, and I've seen literally no one talking about the X Files since it started. Like no one, no one on social media is talking about this show, which is generally the death nail. I'm, yeah, I would be curious to to see what the ratings are. Like a, a the host of uh, a good host would would have looked that up. Um, I know that the the first episode came out to very little ratings, um, but then again, it was a terrible episode. So, but how would you know that going into it is the thing. So. Yeah, you would think. I, yeah, this is the problem. I think. Um, the when you come back after a long extended period away, there is a novelty factor where people want to try and reconnect, and that last season was rough. You know, it, it was not a yes. lot of gold in there. The gold was amazing, but you know it was few and far between. And then to try and then bring you back again, you, you're not riding that novelty this time because you were just out a year and a bit ago. So yeah, it does not surprise me that numbers are a bit low. Um, which, yeah, I don't. I don't, well, I don't know. We'll get. We'll get. We'll get into my feelings on this episode. Uh, um, yeah. When we when we when we arrive at it, but yeah, I'm very much with you. Could I have went through 2018 with no X Files at all? Yes, is the answer. If, if this is the X Files we're getting, absolutely. Uh, that said, hold your horses, goddammit. Um, we'll we'll <laughs> dig into it. Uh, an episode entitled Plus One, which strangely has a plot very similar to a movie entitled Plus One. Oh, does it? It does. <coughs> oh, well, with, that's awkward. <laughs> with, without the twins, but it's very doppelgangery. Um, yeah, the, the. I mean, let's let's be honest. X Files has always taken liberties with kind of recreating movies. Um, in their TV format, 
I'm looking at you, the thing, um, and many other ones. They just steal ideas and just change them slightly. I'm kind of cool with that. It's kind of like cheesy, low-budget versions of Hollywood movies each episode. And I can kind of live with that, but when you're naming the episode after a movie, which is very similar, that's when I'm like, right, guys, I'm not saying you can't borrow. I'm just saying change the name. We are not who we are. <laughs> that, is, that is a great episode of The X-Files, though. Mm-hmm. It's a great uh, episode. I, just change I, the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's the that which should have been the name of it <laughs> you mean like the thing no it's the that god damn it i kind of love the idea of like <laughs> the entire every episode this season just spelling it like a sentence <laughs> so this should not have happened in 2018 and it'll be like this plus one should have been all. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, so which all right, all right, we're we're talking way too much X Files in the upfront, Duncan. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the show hinges on it, and that has never <laughs> been what this show has been about. <laughs> How dare you stick to the source material? I know, I know. We we have plenty of distractions that we could do first. Yeah, I mean, shit, going rogue in the first five minutes of the recording. People will be staring at their devices saying, wait one second, they're talking about X-Files now, yet this episode is two and a half hours long. How can it be? (laughs) Right. Surely, (laughs) surely, they are not going to talk about the X-Files for this long. No, we're not. Um... So, uh, yeah, well, let, let's get to what we've been watching. That seems like the place to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like to start uh, with a conversation about a couple of movies and or pieces of entertainment. Uh, one good, one bad. And, uh, and Duncan, uh, let me preface this by saying... <laughs> I issued you an assignment in the worst possible way to try to convince someone to see a movie, which is to tell them it's good. (laughs) Yeah, to tell them it's good and then to get initial feedback like, you know what? It's kind of not the movie I'm in, in the mood for. It's not where my head's at these days. And me saying like, fuck you, watch this movie. Mm -hmm. And, and then you did. And, and and I just want to say, up front, it is. I, I I loaded the deck. I there are a million reasons why you wouldn't enjoy this movie. I hope you did. I don't know if you did. We've saved the conversation uh, for now. Uh, but if you didn't, I get it. I understand. I think anyone who's seen this movie understands. So, with that in mind, Duncan, please, what you've been watching? <laughs> um, let's let's and this. I'm just going to say I didn't hate your choice, right? But we're going to come to that in a minute. Um, on the on the side of good movies I've been watching, though, um, I've been on a bit of a kick just now, mostly since I went to see um, Three Billboards, which I thought was just an incredible movie. I hope it wins the Oscar. Is, I mean, part of me wants Get Out to win the Oscar. Now that I've announced that today, that Get Out's in four categories at the Oscars, which is just insane for a horror movie. 
is in Best Picture, Best Director, Best Script, I think, and, and Best Actor. Uh huh. Which is fantastic, and I, I wish all the success in the world. My heart lies with Three Billboards, though, which I think is is a pretty incredible movie. I, I genuinely think it's. Had I seen it last year, it would have been my movie of the year. Uh, having seen it this year, it's going to take a lot to topple it from the top spot. I think it's just an absolutely incredible movie. But it got me thinking about Duncan and Bo Come Correct and our um, our history with the, the brothers McDonoughhue. Um, so you've got John and uh, Michael. And um, the two of them have just the most incredible catalogue of movies they've written and directed um whether you if, you if you're looking at michael's stuff you're looking at movies like in bruges uh which i watched last night first time i watched that in a few years and just bowled over by how incredible that movie how it how it so carefully balances dark comedy uh, and and really like emotional issues in a way which, you know, the, the balance is perfect. You know, absolutely perfect. And a movie like Seven Psychopaths, which was his follow-up, um, which I don't think is as good as In Bruges, but, and I never used to enjoy it as much, but I watched it two nights ago and um, was thoroughly blown away by how much I've grown to like that movie. It's a very, very, very clever movie. Um, indeed, and everyone is on, like that, I think... But, the one thing about them is they seem to be able to pick really good cast that will play really into these weird... There's almost a Cohen-esque Cohen Brothers sort of thing going on with, with, with what they do. But then his brother John is no slouch either, where you're looking at something like The Guard, which we both loved, um, or Calvary, which, once again, we both loved. Um and even Warren, everyone, which I wasn't a big fan of, I actually felt it was a bit more juvenile than than some of some of the other work. But I was just thinking, like, here are here are two brothers from from the UK who are essentially just crushing in every project that they do. You know, they're they're just putting out incredibly well written. Um, Movies where the you know the cast members are just I mean when you we've already spoken before I think if we could uh, anoint a patron saint of Duncan and Bill come correct there is a, a a very good chance Brendan Gleeson would be that patron saint and to oh be honest, he's I'd, a national treasure Duncan yeah I, I would be happy with that um, but the the fact that you know that the the between the two of them will will carry certain cast members over, whether it's Colin Farrell, uh, more recently uh, Woody Harrelson in the case of his brother, um, and uh, even like Sam Rockwell. You, you know, they, they, they're picking really interesting actors who are playing incredible parts in just a phenomenal back catalogue of movies. And I actually feel that they don't get enough credit. And I'm kind of, this is, this is my, like, this is my kind of, the point where I, I am, praying that three billboards wins because i think people need to go and see that movie and i think when they're finished with that movie they need to go back need to check out seven psychopaths need to check it in bruges and then turn their eye across to the work he was doing with his brother and check out things like calvary and the guard i, I just think there's, there's there's not a bad film there 
Um, there's maybe one movie that I I think is alright, and everything else I think is amazing. <laughs> I just think they're not getting talked about enough, nearly enough. I kind of felt almost when we were talking about the guard and cavalry that no one was talking about it, uh, which was weird. I was like, why 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 aren't podcasts speaking about these movies? I don't understand it. It's just an incredible run of fantastic movies. So yeah, um. So that's what I've been doing. I've just been catching up on their back catalogue. So in the past week, I've watched The Guard, Calvary, Seven Psychopaths, and In Bruges. So I've just like been on a roll of just phenomenal filmmaking. It's, it's been excellent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there are worse ways to spend your time, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, even with you talking about Seven Psychopaths as maybe a lesser work in that catalogue... I think I think the the lesser work now I would say is War on Everyone. I, I don't think it's a, a great movie. I think Seven Psychopaths. The first time I watched it, I didn't appreciate it. But watching it two nights ago, I I was actually floored by how good it was. Considering yeah. what, and what it's doing is a very ambitious thing, and it's weaving a lot of different storylines, and it's kind of playing with this idea of you know, the scriptwriter being involved with the process influences the movie and did this actually happen? And the fact that the, you know, when you're, when you're watching the movie yourself, you're then getting to the point where you're like, is the, you know, is the Colin Farrell character actually the representation of the the director in this movie? Is it putting himself in here? Um, just, just so many clever, clever jokes. Um and I just think, actually, watching it back, I was touched by the end of that movie. It floored me two nights ago. I'd like, it, like when Christopher Walken's spoiler alert, Christopher Walken character has died, and he leaves that recorded message about the essentially the the Buddhist monk and how he ties it into the protest for the Vietnam War. I I was. I remember the first time I watched it just thinking that's cheesy <laughs> and this time watching it around just going that's incredible I think it's a I think it's a phenomenal bit of filmmaking um there's no doubt in my mind though that three billboards is you know head and shoulders better than any of the rest of his work and that's why I think it should win the Oscar so um yeah that's that's where I'm I'm just saying that other award ceremonies have not got it wrong thus far that's the best movie so I, I one more shout out to Seven Psychopaths, uh, just for featuring Tom Waits, who should be in more films. He's he's a, he's always great when you see him in things, and I love the I love his story as well. Yeah, he, he's, he he's a great in, character. Yeah, and his his character, the whole story, uh, you know, how to link it to the Zodiac Killer, but just the emotional weight of him basically saying, "I should have stayed with her." I should never have left her, and this is why carries a white rabbit around. And the the way they managed to link it back into a joke right at the very end in the closing credits, I think is is brilliant. I, just not just an amazing movie. I, I think, the, yeah, I'm I'm in awe. <laughs> like literally, I've watched some amazing movies, um, and then the one I'm going to talk about next. <laughs> so, all right, one. all right, let's uh, <laughs> let's get into it. Uh, it's a movie that I I really responded to uh and just thought it was terrific but uh it's called gunwoman and uh it is uh yaruda mitsutaki it's his third movie i want to say and uh kind of grindhouse e one would one could characterize it as i, I don't know i don't want to describe it duncan you describe it you talk about what <laughs> what 
why it was such a grand disappointment. I d- the thing is, I don't like it when I enjoy a movie and I'm really psyched about a movie and then someone starts picking it apart. I don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy it at all. I think that there's a movie out there for everyone. And if you respond well to that movie or you enjoy that movie for whatever reason, that's great. Because I, that, God forbid we live in a world where someone actually creates, you know, a movie and puts it out there and no one likes it. That to me is like the, probably the, the idea that you could create any bit of art and put it out and no one can respond to it in a, in a kind of positive light at all is, you know, it, it, it would upset me. It would upset me. That being said, um, I don't even know where I don't even know where to begin with this. I, I, gen, <laughs> I genuinely don't. Um, I, I'm going to say I'm I'm going I'm going to start by saying that I watched your once again. Everyone should be checking out Morbid Mondays Monday on um, the the Legion Podcast Facebook group page. Uh, jump across there, and uh, Bo will regale you for about about an hour. These days, so it's, it's kind of batting about an hour and um, talking about different shows that are dropping, some movies he's been watching, and generally answering your inquiries live. Um, and it's always good fun. Uh, it's all there's always a bit of uh, tongue in cheek banter between myself and Bo. Uh, Bo will set up something on a Monday. I usually retort on a Thursday during Thursday Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I like it. I like it. I like the the, the kind of the, the the rivalry that's going along. Um. And you mentioned specifically on your recording last night that I, I give you a bit of a hard time for watching bad movies. Like, but it, I give you, it's not that I give you a hard time because you watch bad movies. I give you a hard time that you knowingly watch bad movies. Like, you go into a, a situation where you know what you're going to, and you, you can deny this, Bo, all you want, but we have, re, we've, we've recounted several movie titles on here that you know before you sit down and watch that movie. That is a bad movie, uh-huh. and your justification for it is 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 nonsense. Your justification for it was, I want to see all the horror movies. That's what you said. I want to see horror movies. That right, that's fine. There are, I would say, hundreds of really, really good, if not amazing, horror movies that I know for a fact you have not seen that you could be watching instead. But no, you watch what was it, Anti Birth or Anti Human? Or- yeah, 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 Anti Human. Whatever the name of that was, and the, 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 the fucking cover art right away to me is like, do not piece of shit. You know what I mean? The Bill Hicks thing, piece of shit. Um, you know, I, I, I could tell. I like looking at. It, I was like, that is a bad movie. That is a bad movie. Why is Paul watching this bad movie? And I think I want to see your visceral appreciation for Gun Woman. Maybe comes from the fact you watched a fucking awful movie before it. it. Entirely possible, yes. Yes, right. So, not having that, having come off this run of really good movies that I've been watching every single night, I put, I, I specifically did not watch the movie I was going to watch last night, and instead, I, I, I purchased myself. Um, a stream copy of Gun Woman because I was like that right that Bo says Mickey's trying to obviously play me in with with Mickey and the title because he knows that I love you know a little bit of Mickey so I'm you know he's, he's he set me up with some keywords here I will sit down and watch it I'm almost offended that you compared this to Mickey 
like it's I Grindhouse is probably Grindhouse is what they're going for, definitely. Um, oh sure, a hundred percent. Definitely the aesthetic, um, the tone, even the story. I mean, it is ostensibly on on some level, it's a revenge story, but it's kind of like the the twist on the rape revenge story. So instead of you know the woman being raped and then seeking revenge, it's the you know the husband seeing his wife raped and empowering another woman to take vengeance on his behalf. Um, which I thought was a really cool concept. I, I couldn't think of anything I've seen before where that's happened. So I was like, tick for this. Um, I thought some of the choreography and the fight scenes were, were actually really well done. So I guess a tick for that. I thought the Gunwoman song was cheesy and fun. Of course. So I give it a tick for that. And that is it. <laughs> that is that is the only ticks it get. Um, I thought the CGI was awful. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Actually, to the point where I was like, um, did the guy that used to work on Charm, the TV show, go into movies? Because uh, this is kind of what it feels like. Um, I didn't think... There's, there was no impact at all for me. I thought all the elements that you mentioned in your description to me, which would have piqued my interest where you were like that, right, so there's necrophilia, there's, you know, rape revenge, there's, you know... Um, cannibalism. Naked, yeah, cannibalism, and all these things are... In any other movie, <laughs> I feel, not any other movie, that's a disservice because they've been done poor in plenty of movies. Um... But they're all handled with exactly the same tone, and that tone is flat. And as a result, none of them have any impact. In fact, it, like it's done so. It, it's, I, I think it's probably done deliberately in homage to a lot of seventies grindhouse in such a way that, like, n- nothing like this guy's. You know, this this insane man who I know you were saying is one of the greatest, like you were saying on your thing, was just like this villain that you wanted to slap. <clears throat> Whenever I come on the screen, I burst out laughing. Um, I just thought it was awful. Um, the the whole kind of, this is the husband coming in to see his wife get raped in front of him. No impact there. I, this guy's just goofily shaking, pretending that he's raping her. Um, the, you know, the seminal splatter of, well, we're not getting any further than that. Um, no impact. The the fact that you know he kills her in front of her and the emotion. No, I just want to watch this again. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no impact. The pissing on him. No impact. It's all handled exactly. It's all handled flatly in the movie, and as a result, there's just there, to me there's nothing to grab onto at all. Um, the shock value doesn't work. The, the you know he's he's sleeping with dead bodies who you know are not really. The makeup's not really done well in them, so they don't actually look dead. Um, the the cannibal scene, uh, Herschel, Herschel <laughs> Gordon Lewis. One, is doing, one second, I, I have to appreciate the fact that you're like, you know what? She, while this dude is fucking what is ostensibly a dead woman, mm-hmm. I wasn't convinced she was dead. I, 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 that, I find that funny. Yeah, but but I I, think, not, like, I'm not criticizing you for the criticism, mind you. Like, I agree, you're right. But I, I think it's a, a funny yeah. knock. Uh, yeah, but I think, I think if you, if what you're aiming for in this movie is shock, which it is, I don't care what you say. The, the tone for this movie is shock and titillation. Um, I, I didn't feel it really delivered either. I think what it, it delivered was this very flat, 
kind of cold palette throughout the movie where there was not there was I never felt like there was any real stakes in the movie and never really felt like the the, the way the the ultimate arch villain is dispatched at the end was oh, so this is the big bad in this movie and we went through all this trouble and this is like you know this psychopath this insane man is put down in like two seconds I'm like well that was a worthwhile journey um the you know the I, I just feel I, I just feel it's a an inept movie like I, I kind of felt like it was this director had seen Samurai Cop and decided that he wanted to make Samurai Cop but like the Japanese version of Samurai Cop which was cool if it came out in 1992 um but this came out in 2014 and we, we spoke about this it's not that I don't appreciate the Japanese splatter genre I think there are some really fun really interesting movies within that that I have to and I'll put my hand up and say I have to be in the right frame of mind to sit down and watch them uh, the older I get I think the more the, the, the more I kind of I, it's not that I, I'm very much like yourself I want to see things I haven't seen before but at the same time I want that in an environment where I actually think I'm, you know that these scenes are put here for a reason and it just seemed like this guy was just going right, and yeah. So he's a right. He's a cannibal. He's a fucking cannibal. And yeah, he's he's all he's into necrophilia. So we'll shove that in there. Cannibal necrophilia. Right, right, right. Let's go. And uh, yeah, he pisses on people. Right, we'll put that in there. And I, I just felt like had any of them been done well, the movie would have would at least been interesting. I don't think it's even interesting. I'll give I'll give the credit to the the. Did you say she's an adult actress, as in like adult entertainment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was great. Yeah, she's, she's really, very really, good in it. Yeah, she's very, very good. No dialogue at all. Um, you could sense the pain. Um, and yeah, like she has a real character arc and everything, and yeah. you see all that in her face. And... She's the only one that has a character arc in this movie. Even the even the yeah. guy that's like training her has no character arc at all. Um, mm-hmm. like the. <laughs> Oh my god! Like the the kind of wraparound story was shit. Like, yeah, it's it, yeah, shit. it's it's real bad. It, yeah. It's very. I can't decide if it's trying to be campy or if it's just real bad. Either way, it's real bad. Yeah. So so what it left me with was what you know what is this movie? What what is it? What is the filmmaker trying to do with this movie? What is he trying to do? Is he trying to is he trying to emulate a grindhouse movie? And if so, I think he did a very good job of it. Is he trying to do like a kind of Asian splatter movie? If so, I don't think he did a good job of that. Um, is he trying to do like a good vengeance story? There are elements in the movie I think are actually quite cool uh, in that respect. Some of the story itself I thought was quite interesting. So you, you maybe get a partial pass for that. Out with that, the only saving grace this movie has is it's short. Um so it was over quick because <laughs> right. I, I would I, I just and the more I was watching it, the more I, I this kind of sinking realization that I, I don't even know if I I'd like like some like once again watching your 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 morbid Mondays and there, there clearly is a lot of fans of the these particular subgenres. I just think they're poor versions of what I, I think Herschel Gordon Lewis 
could have made this movie and made it sleazier, grimier, uh, more grindhouse. Um, and you know, I, I I probably still wouldn't have enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Like all the things that I think would have made this, like all my criticisms about this movie, to say if only they'd done this, I still don't think it would have saved this movie. I just think, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get, it. I, I, I don't get how. Yeah, and you you raised something here, uh, which was an interesting point um, for a man that was not on his moral high horse, but was certainly laying the smack down. Uh, about um, Hounds of Love and its content. Yeah. A lot of which are done behind closed doors, by the way, in that movie. A lot of sure. which... Right. The, but this, but this the, is much sillier. Right, right. I, and, I, I mean, yes, it's dealing with similar subject matter, but it's not... Worse subject it's not, matter if you're actually... For, well, for uh, yeah, of course, but, but like the fact that it's so ridiculously over the top is the point. You know, the fact that the the villain is a, a cannibal necrophiliac is the point of that character, you know, is that he's ridiculous. And and I get it, man. I'm not going to try to talk you into liking this movie at all. You will not be able to talk me into but... liking this movie. It, it finished. It finished. And uh, I was going to write something, and I almost wrote something, and I kind of thought to myself, this is just going to get into, you know, the, it's going to get into a Facebook comment thing where I'm going to say one thing, you're going to come back. I cannot stress how disappointed I am with you <laughs> like right As now. As a person. <laughs> for 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 recommend... I, I know you were saying, you said it in your thing as well, You in no good conscience can you recommend this movie. I think that's the right statement. There is an audience out there for this movie, clearly. Um, and like I say, the, the Morbid Monday collection of people, there's a good three or four people there who are sitting there saying you know i can't watch under the skin because it's boring but i'll sit down and watch this poorly acted poorly designed poorly scripted poorly shot i i don't get it i don't get it and i i I, that i think the older I get, and I, I, I'm very much aware we're about the same age, Bo, um, which is a lie. Um, but I'm very. I appreciate that. Go yeah. on. <laughs> I think people are on. I think as horror fans, we all have a huge spectrum, a smorgasbord, so to speak, of different horror delicacies we can we can have. Um, and like I say, the, the, there is almost a subgenre for everyone now, which I think is kind of cool. Um, I just think that in this particular subgenre where this movie is, which is one that I don't mind, don't love, but I don't mind, I think it's on the poorer end of that scale as well. So even if I was a fan of that sort of movie, I still think I would be sitting here saying it's it's not a good movie. Uh, you know, it's it's not a terrible movie either. It's just not a good movie. Um, and it finished and. I was, like I said, I, I was like that, right, don't look at it from a negative point of view, look at what you think the movie did well. And I'm trying to do this more with movies I dislike. So, um, you know, when I was talking about Insidious uh, last week, I think it was last week. Yeah, and, yeah, and I listened to uh, your thoughts on it on T-Puts as well. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of, I, I, I deliberately, I go in by 
pointing out the positives. Like that, I like the cast. I like the characters. I think there's a couple of things in the story which are really, really interesting. That it just doesn't go where I think logically that movie should go. And that's that's kind of I I first foot with that now when it comes to a movie I don't like. I try and pick out the positives. And I found that I was really struggling to pick out positives in this movie. And it's not because I think it's bad across the board, because I don't. I just think there is that whole grindhouse thing. Like I, I hear people talking about some people talking about Rose McGowan and like the Grindhouse movie, Planet Terror and all the rest. Can it, that's not a great Grindhouse movie either, but I think it's a lot better than this. And yes, I'm fully aware that Robert Rodriguez had a lot more money and bigger actors to play with. Um, but it's not a great movie either. And I think it achieves a lot more than what this movie achieves in terms of uh, shock, titillation, gore. And, and all the rest. I just kind of feel like I, I don't, don't want to keep mentioning Herschel Gordon Lewis, but that guy was doing movies in the sixties, which are better than this movie. <laughs> like, that's twenty fourteen, man. Come on, the Japanese yeah, I, have a great <laughs> lineage of splatter horror movies, I, and this is on the lower end. I look. I, like I said, I'm not going to try to talk you into thinking this is a good movie, but. I think almost objectively, these are better than H.G. Lewis films. I don't uh, think so. I don't think right. so. I think, all right. I think, all right. I think Herschel Gordon Lewis <laughs> achieves more, almost like, I can think of movies that I've seen where I actually think some of the cast are really, really good, or the story's really, really good, or the gore is really good. Uh, and I think, I don't understand why go half practical, half go digital in, in, in this movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and I mean, granted, like that severed head at the end of the film. Spoilers <laughs> uh, for a movie where we've already talked about semen. Somebody's head gets cut off too. Yeah, um, where the like, head's uh, like three times the size of a normal human head. Is that when she's carrying that head and it looks as paper mache as it could get? <laughs> like, but that's also kind of what I love about the movie is that it feels like low. It, I you know and I'm like I'm I don't want to talk about this movie a bunch cuz I'm going to later. Yeah. Um but just in defense of the film very briefly. Uh I I I get it. I totally understand when I was I was doing the uh what's been watching on Twitter with this. And even as I was watching it like I described this movie as amateurish. Um but I for me personally there was an energy and creativity to it, uh, a, a kind of a, a, a genuine vision from the director that you could see where there was a consistency to the tone, even if you didn't respond to it and felt it was flat and, and so Juvenile forth. is what the tone is. And, and juvenile, yes. There but is not, I don't think, that... not, not in an endearing way. I don't think, like, juvenile, I'm all down for some juvenile sense of humor. We do a lot of it on this show. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I... Well, we're pretty <laughs> highfalutin, Duncan. Yeah, I, I like I, I engage I like to engage in a little bit of a a little bit of juvenile humor. I don't even think that's done it's like it's not even yeah, I, I could I could go on ad nauseum. I right, right. And I'm not like, I'm not gonna because I genuinely think if you dug the movie, that's cool. And I'm fairly sure plenty of people out there that are listening to this will watch this movie and yeah, it was fun and all the rest. I just think there are, I keep coming back to this, there are so many 
amazing movies out there that I've still not seen, that you've still not seen, that we, I don't know if it's you just taking for granted that they're amazing movies, so that's maybe why you're not watching them. Um, maybe. I don't know. But like when those movies exist out there, I even thought, and the thing is, this is I'll link this back in, you put out um, a Horror Hangover, which you you and Jeff X talked about um, Saturn... Fuck. Saturn 3, yeah. yeah Saturn it's 3. A, a fascinating movie. Which yeah. is a movie I had never seen before. Like so, I checked out. I checked out, you know, just before listening to your show. Yeah, it's awful, and it's it's a ter- it's a terrible, terrible movie. And then I was listening to your explanation, and I was like, "That that's why that's a terrible movie." I guarantee that the story behind Gun Woman is probably this guy made the movie. Oh so, yeah, like there's no, <laughs> and and the last look, I, we don't need to beat this particularly dead horse much more. But uh, semen splattered, half-eaten dead horse. Yeah, but that, any, like, see, if I'm saying those things though, that's like those are the those are the things that you said. Those descriptions, those arbitrary descriptions, perk up interest because I'm sure. Yeah, I'm thinking right. they're you're done right. well. The, they're not done the, well, right? They're not. It's just it, yeah, right. I, I again, this is like your neighbor made a movie. <laughs> And it was way better than you ever thought it would could, it could possibly be, mm-hmm. uh, because you know your neighbor and he's a little bit of a weirdo, <laughs> and 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 my my reaction to it is like because I had I genuinely had to watch this movie for a show I didn't seek it out it was like hey I got to watch this because I'm doing a thing mm-hmm. and um and it it was like I I had gone to the drive-in in 1978 and i i felt like in in a weird way this is just a very emotional response to it but it, it felt like i was a 12 year old kid at a drive-in double feature i shouldn't have been at mm. you know where it was like oh well this movie's a little naughty but it also has some genuinely compelling things about it and at any rate, I'll I'll get into it deeper later on when, you know, I do the show for which this was an assignment. Um, but yeah, I get it. I get everything you're saying. You're right. It's just there there was an almost uh, sort of psychic reaction to this film uh, of like, you know, this this shouldn't be even as good as it is. Hmm. And and there was something about that that I... I and and like I said, I think there's a real energy to it. I'm I'm curious, like I look, I ain't gonna front, Duncan. I'm gonna watch another Mitsutaki film. I can't wait. I want to see what the next one looks like. I want to see if he's as bananas in that one as he is in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Don was uh, the guy. Uh, who yeah, was, Don's, I, Don's I, in a lot of that stuff. Yeah, well, he had mentioned uh, Karate Kill, which was a Mitsutake film. He was like, yeah, I thought that was great, and I wanted to see his other stuff when I saw that. And, yeah, so it was just one of those things like, you know, who knew the audience for uh, Gun Woman is me? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it was like Mitsutake was just like, look, I got like 150 bucks, and I think Bo would like this. <laughs> so, yeah, well done. <laughs> Yaruno Mitsutaki, you you have your one ticket sale for life. 
I could find and, very little information on it online before I watched it either. Because I wanted to just get like a general yeah, kind of feeling there, for and there's very little online for sure, it. Sure. There there are a handful of reviews which are generally pretty positive, actually. Uh surprisingly. because uh, I, I did the same thing after I saw it, I was like, I what the fuck happened? Who did this and why? Um so anyway. Uh, I'm fascinated. Uh, I, I want to like. I know that Mitsutaki is actually the director, um, writer, and director. The uh, the uh, auteur <laughs> behind behind Gunwoman uh, was actually attended uh, film school in the U.S. and then went back to Japan to make movies. So. All right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, hey, it's my turn, Duncan. Yeah. Uh, here's what I've been watching. Bad. I'm not. I'm not gonna dunk on. Uh, Duncan anti-human uh, <laughs> anymore. Um, instead, I'm going to talk about like a, a a movie that's not even particularly bad, but is, is kind of an example of, um, I think, a problem uh, in Hollywood that we have, have kind of discussed. Mm-hmm. So I saw Office Christmas Party. And let me tell you, let me tell you why, Duncan. This isn't just like, well, Bo watches bad shit. This is literally the definition of Bo watches bad shit. I like Jason Bateman. Give me a second here. You like Jason Bateman in how many movies? Uh, I liked him in Ozark, and I think he's funny in Horrible Bosses, and I always liked him on Arrested Development. Right. In terms of his comedic performances... In cinema, I think though. he's funny, though. Yeah, I think he's very funny in Horrible Bosses. Like, I like... He plays a type, and I like that type. And then you surround him with Kate McKinnon and TJ Miller and a couple of other comedians I like. Did you ever I'm see like, the trailer eh. for this movie? Of course I did, it looked terrible. But, but, but so like, here did, we go, then. So you saw but, the trailer, but, it looked but, terrible, you watched it anyway, Bo watches bad movies. But, so... <laughs> well, again, you know, like, you're not... You're you're not nailing me on the stand with Bo watches bad movies. Don't Your be honor. like Bo. That was like I had I created the longest hashtag in the history of man, which I think was on the line of Bo watches bad movies. Bo watches movies that you shouldn't watch. Don't be like Bo. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's you're right. You're right. Um, but I, I, my defense of this is I thought the trailer for Horrible Bosses and Neighbors and all of those movies look terrible until you see the movie and it's like oh all the good dirty shit is hidden inside <laughs> and and i don't know man it was like it was on in the afternoon and i just watched it it was one of those things mm-hmm. it just happened it just and- happened i i am an innocent man who was perusing <laughs> and it just happened to be on and then the batteries ran out and my remote uh- control um, and then I couldn't change the channel, and unfortunately, Your Honor, I had to watch all of this movie <laughs> in its entirety. Here is what I thought of it. <laughs> you can't see me right now, but I'm looking disapprovingly at my microphone. I know it's it's got me so tickled. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, it it. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. The point I'm gonna make is that. This movie should be good. It, it, it's got talented people uh, who are supposed to be funny mm-hmm. in a comedy. That's a good <laughs> recipe. 
always helps when you and, get comedians in your comedies. And and I don't think the premise is terrible. Like the I like I you know I'm sure it's the same in the UK and 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 in Scotland, but uh, you know office Christmas parties are terrible. Oh yes. And, and despite the stupid party sequence that you know is going to come, there could be some funny shit in and around that setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and none of it is. Mm-hmm. It's all like it, the the writing is so bad. Uh, it's just blandly directed and all that stuff. Um, but the larger point I wanted to make is kind of the the same thing we talked about with that Insidious movie. Oh right, which is just like it, it's different genre, same thing. Which is like, all right, well, we just call it something vaguely funny sounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's like them uh, Women's Day Out movies. Like <sighs> Scarlett Johansson had one. And, I mean, Bridesmaid was kind of the progenitor of that. But Bridesmaid's legitimately a yeah, but bride, funny movie. Bridesmaids is, we're saying the progenitor of that one, but Bridesmaids is just a, a female kind of remake of The Hangover. Yeah, yeah, but but, but bridesmaids is actually yeah. very funny. It's like a very, very yeah. well made, very well crafted, funny, and at times quite emotionally sensitive movie, um, which does have a woman shitting in a sink, um, which I kind of love. <laughs> but yeah, but and, is, and on the street, yeah, <laughs> that seems amazing. Um, but it has yeah, it has it's opened the doors. Kind of reminds me. Remember when there's something about Mary came out. And then it was like everyone and their uncle wanted to create like a like a comedy. It was the gross out comedy. Yeah, the gross out comedy just yeah. went full on after that movie. Surprisingly, uh, was successful. It is a very funny movie. But you're right, and everyone's and the the, the castmate is like it's almost like if you are an attractive female actress in Hollywood just now, you have to star in one of these movies. And I just want to stress: if you're Scarlett Johansson, you're a great actress. <laughs> like a legitimately great actress, you don't have to be in these movies. Don't do these movies. <laughs> like, keep doing what you're doing. In fact, don't do that Ghost in the Shell movie either. I'm glad that you watched that. And um, don't do that one either. <laughs> like, don't do that. Do the good movies because you can yeah. act. <laughs> so, yeah, right. And uh, yeah, it it, it it it. But it the new trend is let's get the ensemble of comedians mm-hmm. together. We throw we slap a title on it that's like. You know, you know, Happy New Year's, mm-hmm. starring T.J. Miller and Jason Bateman <laughs> and Jennifer Aniston and Charlie Day and Kate McKinnon, and oh, by the way, special appearance by Melissa McCarthy, and like all these people are getting paid plenty of money to show up and do bad jokes, yeah, for a movie that's going to do okay at the box office enough to support the next yeah and i think they all know that i don't think jason bateman shows up to do office party um and thinks this this movie's gonna be amazing i think it's just to keep him busy until the next interesting project comes up yeah and it's not completely without a laugh or two because again they're very funny people in it Mm -hmm. and every now and again they sneak in a line on you that's like oh that's funny. Okay. I forgot this was supposed to be a comedy. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember seeing the trailer for it and just thinking, this looks awful. And there's that, what do you call it? The Bad Mums is the other one. And that spawned a sequel this year. Uh, Bad Mums at Christmas or something. And I was just yeah, watching it and- going, really? Really? Right, but it- 
but again, it's one of those things where it's like, I think all the people in that are funny. Yes, I would agree. And there's a sequel to it. So maybe I should watch the first one because maybe that's okay. Yeah. No. I don't know. It's but not- I love Kristen Bell. Like uh, that uh, good show, or not good place, <laughs> the good place show um, is amazing. She's incredibly funny mm-hmm. on that show. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's man. Strange. They trick you. They fucking trick you, Duncan. They fuck you at the drive through bowl because they know you're going to be miles away before you realize you're just being fucked. Yep, yep, yeah. You're like you're you've already you're sitting down on the couch and you're 30 minutes in. You're like, the fuck am I watching Office <laughs> Christmas Party for? What happened? How did I? How did I get tricked? As I a, saw Kate McKinnon and I wanted to see what she did next. Yeah, I, I don't know why. You know. Kate McKinnon, I think, is a very, very funny actress. Very She's funny actress. She's great. Yeah. She has done a fair share of movies in the last couple of years, though, that would would make me think, you know, <laughs> is there anyone doing quality control or is it just a cash grab? And if it's a cash grab, fair play to you. You know, you're going to make a lot more money doing movies than you will doing, you know, kind of trying try to get stand-up tours done and your Saturday Night Live appearances or whatever, you will make a lot more money you know, doing those sorts of movies but at the same time there's, it appears that there's, I don't think there's any quality control in these movies at all, I think it's hey. exactly what you say it's, it's done by committee, we'll get an ensemble cast in, we'll get these young hip funny writers in um, who are really funny and they'll talk about women's issues uh, <laughs> you know what I mean and uh, we'll shove it on the screen and people will will show up in their droves to watch this this movie, and they'll all find it really really funny. And I think people do show up in droves to see the movie. I just don't think a lot of people find them funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I and eventually they'll burn out. But it, it's it it bothered me enough when I saw Office Christmas Party that I was like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> I gave this a chance. <laughs> you know, I like all of you people. Let my guard down for. For you know, like j- just what I, I I gave you, I gave you a chance. I wanted to learn to love again. <laughs> just like just imagine, boy, outside, like smashing what he thinks is the director's car. But think, oh, yeah, I've got the signs like I'm just a podcaster yeah, like, telling like, you on Christmas. Just like, 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 like from like, go fuck yourself, like Big Lebowski. You know, this is what happens when you fuck another man in the ass. Just like, yeah. like, <laughs> oh man, that poor kid's car. So, uh, good. so good. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> what was right? So that was your, your your. Yeah, that's all right. So the next is indisputably mm. fantastic viewing. Oh, but it's not a movie. Oh. Uh. But uh, it is Star Trek: The Next Generation. Ah, I do love Star Trek: The Next Generation. So you're kind of speaking my language. You're getting me back on board, Bo. So you can what, beam me up I'd into this conversation. <laughs> I, oh shit! Um, uh, but, uh, wait a second. I'm sitting down. Engage. Dialogue. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Gonna make me number two. Number one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. So I found uh, I, there, there's a video game website uh, called Giant Bomb uh, I really enjoy. And there's a guy that shows up on that website uh, every so often, a guy named Max Timken, mm-hmm. uh, who was also the creator of Cards Against Humanity, I think. 
Oh right, that uh, that worse. little lesser known game that didn't make a millionaire out of a man for writing smut. Yeah, not jealous uh, at all, Bo. Not jealous at all. That could have been us. <laughs> it really could have been. So he had assembled a list entitled "Star Trek: The Next Generation in Forty Hours," okay. and I was like, I was like, that sounds reasonable because mm-hmm. there's like seven goddamn seasons of that show, <laughs> and I need some Cliff's notes. And but I wanted to watch it, so uh, I, I based on that list, I am now into season four. Oh right, I, but there's not a whole lot going on in season one and two. Um, season one or two is just feeling out the crew, getting to know everyone, introducing you to things that are not interesting, replacing characters on the show. <laughs> Right, so there's only a couple of those, but I got to tell you, there are a couple of episodes I wanted to mention to you because they struck me particularly. As someone who, as a middle-aged man, is coming to Star Trek The Next Generation kind of for the first time. Like, Uh, some of these episodes, like, I've seen some of them, Mm -hmm. but not all of them. Oh, right, yeah. And so some of the ones on this list, in fact, most of the ones on this list, um, are episodes I've never seen. Fantastic. Yeah, right. So I have had the sheer delight of going back and watching Star Trek The Next Generation for the first time. Mm -hmm. And there was an episode, a couple of episodes I'll mention. One is uh, one entitled The Offspring, in which Data creates a daughter. Ah, yes. Uh, If you're familiar with this episode, holy shit, Duncan. Mm -hmm. I cried like a bitch. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> the end of that episode is heartbreaking. They're really good at, like, the next generation above all of the other ones. Maybe Deep Space Nine had a couple that I thought were pretty, like, emotionally strung. Let's put it that way. Um, but the next generation had at least one episode every season where it was this one's going for the feels. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's one where Picard, like, ages an entire lifetime. Like, and it's, oh, oh, wait till you get to it. It's, that one almost gets me. Almost. I Yeah, I haven't seen that That'll one That'll be yet, on the list. The... It'll be on the list. I'm telling you, you cannot talk to you. <clears throat> I'm not, not crying. Um, yeah, there's, oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's... It, was, it, it was a total, like, Niagara Falls, Frankie. <laughs> I was, like, at the end of that, because the whole deal, audience, is that, uh, Data, the android, data, yeah, has after going to a conference about androids and shit. uh, (laughs) What happens? Yeah, right. That's what data does. And uh, he's like, "Hey, I think I could probably make another one of me." And so first, he creates a, a, a little lizard monster. Yep. That wanders around the Enterprise and is like, what do I want to be? And he's like, well, you can pick your gender and appearance and everything because you're an android and who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. And and so uh, she takes on the the appearance of kind of a young woman and, and assumes the role of Data's daughter in a very real way. Like, he's teaching her. And the whole premise of the episode, of course, is that they're trying to take uh, Data's daughter. Like, Starfleet wants to go study her. And Data's like, fuck that, that's my daughter. Mm-hmm. 
And Captain Picard is like, well, I don't know, Mr. Data. It's a machine. <laughs> and and then Data's like, that's my daughter, asshole. And he's like, you make a good point, Mr. Data. <laughs> and... <laughs> and... And so they have to kind of fight for the right for Data to keep his daughter. But as soon as they accomplish that, she starts flipping out because she suddenly grows emotions. Mm -hmm. And they like Data puts her in her like suspendo pod and is like, oh, she's going to fucking die. Like uh, this emotion, like uh, she evolved into an emotional creature, but her brain can't handle it. And it's frying uh, her faster than I can fix her. Mm hmm. And at the end of it, uh, she like he pulls her out of the suspendo pod, and he's like, "I can't fix you." And she thanks him for creating her, and lists like all these little moments she observed in her time as a sentient being, and then fucking dies. Yep. Oh, oh, but and, and the way it ends is. Uh, uh, her saying, I love you, father. And he's like, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't feel love. And she says, that's okay. I can love you enough for both of mm -hmm. us. And it's like, the fuck, Star Trek? <laughs> what are you trying to pull here? I had to take a day off work. <laughs> a day off work and a, and a, a pint of Hagen Dassley. Our bull was almost ready to defeat human contact. <laughs> yeah. To see the world again. No, it really fucked me up. Uh, but then there was another one that was really offbeat. It, it was uh, another one after all that best of both worlds, you know, Locutus of Borg. Oh, so good as well. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, yeah. So I watched all that stuff, which I'd seen those. Yeah. Uh, because of my time at a Star Trek convention. And, uh, but the one immediately after that. But he goes to visit his brother. Yeah. Yeah. That episode was fucking amazing. It's a really, really, really good. I, to me, that's where, like, see the original series. Whilst all the characters are iconic, none of them are great actors. <laughs> you, you hear what I'm saying? Great actors. I mean, like, I love William Shatner. William Shatner. I don't know what you mean, Mister. <laughs> and I mean, I love Leonard Nimoy and you know, DeForest Kelly. Uh, you know, James Doohan, George Takei. You know, I I I love these people, right? But to me, the next generation is infinitely better in that it has Patrick Stewart in the main role, and Patrick Stewart has fucking depth. That man can act and when he's like breaking down in front of his brother about how he couldn't control himself uh, and you know all these things and it is fucking great episode absolutely great episode um and they try and to moving forward they try to do episodes very similar to that in deep space nine and some of them could work most of them didn't work just because the cast weren't as good all right. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know if I'll get into you Deep should. Space Nine. Deep Space Nine is fucking bitching. Like, there's a whole really. Yeah, okay. like see the last the last half of Deep Space Nine, where there's base. It's like war. It's like an all-out war between uh, Starfleet, um, this group called the Dominion, um, who are shapeshifters, and they basically have this massive armada, and they start as 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 weird. Like they start brokering deals with certain races. And there's a, a phenomenal episode where 
Cisco actually does like um you know he, like a false flag operation to get the Klingons on board with Starfleet. So he actually creates a terror attack um to get them in and he narrates oh, wow. he narrates what he does like and you like talks you through oh it's fucking brilliant there are moments like for everyone like we're talking about star trek and there's a good chance there's a lot of people looking at their device going this is why this episode is two and a half hours long (laughs) stop this now you you have (laughs) office partied me you suckered me in with duncan and bowtie charming (laughs) hosts and in the middle you give me fucking star trek right I, i know that's what they're doing right but like that first two three seasons of deep space nine is fucking shite it's all waffle and it's all we're trying to be nice to each other and oh here we go and you're like nonsense right when the dominion comes in and shit gets dark it gets great it gets great because it's all wolf it becomes warfare i mean wharf eventually goes over in deep space nine and that's where it gets really interesting and um yeah the, the whole shit just gets like there are episodes in that that are as dark as star trek has ever got um and it's worth journeying through to check if you're in if the guy does a similar list for deep space nine jump on board that because there are moments in that one that are fucking great like actually incredible um and up there close to next generation but next generation's it's pretty special man it's like that's that's that you would not have the star trek community that you have just now without the next generation a lot of that is built off the back of that series not the original yeah, it, it's been a real, like a genuine treat, and and I've really turned a corner where now I, I'm I'm kind of not just hungry for more episodes on this list, although I'm continuing to follow it because now I'm just like, well, I want to take the most linear path to the end, yeah, and then I'll go fill in the gaps. But now I'm pretty sure I'm going to do that because. There have been moments, like on that episode with Picard and his brother, the kind of B-plot uh, is uh, Worf and his human parents. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and there's this really great moment with Guinan, who is a character I I only had seen briefly. Yeah, played by I've seen it. Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. Well, she's yeah. brilliant in that show as well. She's Yeah, she's great. And she has this great scene where she's talking to Worf's human parents adoptive parents and is like you know everybody comes down here and they always look out that window and they find the star that's home <laughs> yeah like that's that and uh and she says when uh when your son wharf comes down here he's not looking at the klingon empire yeah he's looking towards you and it's this really wonderful moment, and there, there's a, a good payoff to that later in the episode too. Mm-hmm. But but it's like, man, I like the character of Worf a lot. Worf, and I never, he's yeah. really good. And I I always thought that Riker was just kind of a vapid asshole. <laughs> and then watching more of the show, it's like, oh no, that's a really good character too, especially. As you get deeper into the seasons, where I am, and he becomes a little more seasoned. Yeah, at the beginning, he's very cocksure, kind of ladies' man, very flirty and all the rest. And the longer they get on, Jonathan Frakes ages quite well in that show. So um, he becomes like, like, because Picard's training him up, essentially, to be this great captain. Um, And, you know, and there's no bitterness between him 
and, and Riker the same way there was between Kirk and Takai. Um, so, <laughs> if you know what I mean, you're now on the USS yeah. Excelsior. Get off my bridge. Um, <laughs> okay. I, like, have you done the movies? Have you done the movies before? I've seen most of of the TNG movies. Oh, that's cool. uh, um, I I don't know if I saw what was the one with Tom Hardy. Oh, uh, Insurrection. Maybe I don't. I don't but he plays a he plays a he plays a Vulcan. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I don't. It's not. Great. I don't know if I've seen that one. It's not great, if I'm honest. It's yeah, I always like Generations. I I you know I know. People with I've heard Star Trek fans say that Generations is shit. I disagree. I think Generations is. I real think fun. Generations is a blast, man. It's actually a blast. You, you've got fucking. You cannot watch Generations and not be enamored by how fucking over the top Malcolm McDowell is in that whole fucking movie. Yeah, and and like Shatner, I think goes out with some class he does, in that movie. He very unShatner like. You kind of thought. Yeah, it, I, I, it's been on. fun. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he, it's, he's, he says it's been fun, but he's—I think he's his last words are "Oh my!" Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh my! And I, yeah. I think that's like really poignant, like because not everyone, not everyone that dies, not every important person or famous person has famous last words. Sometimes it's well. I always took it as uh, well. That's the true final frontier. Yeah, he's going. He's going to that final adventure. Um, you old sentimental sappy bastard. I know. Here. I know, but but there uh, because I've been watching TNG and there's such a spirit in that show of you know let's see what's out there, Mister Data. You know, yeah, they and, actually do explore. They're unlike the original yeah. series where they just show up at a planet, Shatner fucks an alien and punches a guy to the next planet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like I love it when uh, uh, Jean Luc Picard gets pissed off about people not being peaceful. <clears throat> you know, he's just. But we have to come to an understanding, damn it. <laughs> you know, you're just like, wow, Jean-Luc. I love the, uh, I love the way he's just so blatantly <laughs> dismissive of Wesley Crusher as well. Kind of amazing. Kind of amazing. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's kind of awesome. There's, a, yeah, there's an episode, great. I can't remember, it might be later on, uh, boy, we are literally just hijacking the X-Files here, uh, there's an episode later on where Picard, and you may have already seen it, where Picard has to communicate with an alien, and they can only do it by mentioning, it's like one lines from mythologies. No, I have not seen Fucking that. amazing, you're going to love it. All right, all right, yeah, that sounds great. I think that's on the list. I, I, I think be. that's one of the, the one of the, I'm in. one of the more famous ones. But it's uh, you're in. I'm, I'm so jealous, so <laughs> fucking jealous right now. There's like I watched them all when I was in. I would have been. <clears throat> they used to they used to play every single day on Sky Television Satellite TV Sky One in the UK when I would come in from school. There would always be an episode of The Next Generation on, so I'd watched many of them, and they would just constantly have the same time slot. So if the new season hadn't come out, they would just when that season finished, they would just jump back to the beginning and play right through them all again. So I've I've, I've seen them all, and I've seen them all probably multiple times as well. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I when it, when it was like as a kid, it was eponymous, of course, because it was very popular. Mm-hmm. But uh, my impression of Star Trek was always, 
And, you know, the torn, right, the torn shirt and, you know, get off my bridge, mister, uh, and that kind of shit. And, and not that it wasn't campy and fun, but that's what it was. And uh, and the few episodes of Next Generation I saw, I was like, oh, well, that was better than I thought it was going to be. But I thought I got, like, the good ones mm-hmm. and or something. I just never would commit. And uh, so, yeah, it's been it's been a good time. And now that's uh, enough of Trek Chat <laughs> uh, with Duncan and Bo. Can we also stress um, right now that no matter how much people want it to happen, Duncan and Bo will not be doing The Next Generation. Are you out of your goddamn I'm minds, putting, people? I'm putting my foot down right now. Duncan and Bo are not doing any season of Star Trek, any incarnation of Star Trek, as part of Duncan and Bo Come Correct. As much as I love it, I do love it dearly, and Bo is slowly being won over and coming on board. I have no desire to watch everything there and review on this show. So before you ask, no. Also, I will allow. (laughs) Bo is literally just undermining everything I've (laughs) You're like my wife. It's like when I say to my daughter like that, no, you're not getting sweets before bed. And then I like I go out the room and I come downstairs and she's went through <laughs> and my wife's giving her a sweet and I come downstairs and I'm like you literally just undermine me. You might as well have just given her that sweet and said to you, your dad is not worth anything. Your dad, don't listen to him. He's nonsense. I am the true way. Have a sweet. You know, like, I've just like laid the foot down, drawn the line in the sand. Yeah, no father. Like and that's literally what I've just done. And you are now doing this. Unless <laughs> you're right, you're right. I should have talked to you before I talked to the kids. <laughs> but, but Put out your proviso, come on, here we go. <laughs> but if a listener were to send a request in for a particular episode, say, and that you and I both agree, like, oh yeah, that'd be fun to talk about. Maybe so, as like a throwaway bonus episode. <laughs> you just you just named the segment as well. It's not make it so. It's maybe so, maybe so, May- <laughs> maybe so. D- Duncan and Bo <laughs> go maybe so. <laughs> yeah, and that's all I'm saying. Like I was just allowing for the possibility of doing something like that. I didn't mean to undermine your authority <laughs> over P- our piss my hush puppies. Thanks, Bo. Um, at any rate, folks, hey, X-Files. Are you still with us? We all love them. (laughs) Have you given up? Did you skip like 10 minutes ahead and realize we were still talking about Star Trek and abandon the show? For those still with us, this is another real, like, you know, you get an award episode. Yeah. Um, if you made it through, uh, Trek Chat... (laughs) Have I done something wrong by giving it a name? Uh, Yes, as Uh, soon as you give it a name, people expect it. Uh, Give it a name. Um, (laughs) It's like the bye-bye man, Bo. What was that, uh, Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead? Oh, I love that movie. Oh, give it a name. (laughs) Uh, Oh, I could watch that. Shit. That's a good movie. movie. It's a real good movie. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I am God... No, you are Tokyo, (laughs) and I am Godzilla. (laughs) Oh, it's fucking great. 
Trey Williams is amazing in that movie. I've not seen it in um, years. That's you've just shunted it up my list. Yeah, yeah. I know fecal freak, <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> Spongy. <laughs> fucking amazing. Um <laughs> Oh dear. That's a line that has stuck with me over the years, like, ugh. Yep. I don't I don't know if that's true, but how would you know? <laughs> um <laughs> Folks, X Files. <laughs> that's why we're all here. You're here for that. Uh, we I'll I'll tell you what. Let's take a quick break, do an ad, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about The X-Files, Season 11, Episode 3, Plus One. My life fades. The vision dims. All that remains are memories. I remember a time of chaos. Ruined dreams. Wasted land. But most of all, I remember the podcasts. The man we called Witch. To understand who he was, you have to go back to another time. A time when the doomsday clock ticked ever closer to Armageddon. You can still find The Witch versus The Doomsday Clock Podcast by searching for WYCH on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Memories may decline, but movies live forever. So, starting last night about, oh, 8.30, 9 o'clock, one of the fire alarms in my place just started chirping. Uh, And it's just like, like every 45 seconds or so, there'd be this little beep. Yep. I have lived through this several times. (laughs) So, so I didn't want to fuck with it because I didn't know if I did, if it would set off the alarm, which would wake up everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that bad. You know, it was like, oh, I can throw on some headphones and watch a movie and tune it out. Uh, cat, not so lucky. And it turns out the cat was a little freaked by the sound. <laughs> as well as well as apparently by uh, the, the frequency of it. Mm-hmm. And so was just hiding in the, un, like, under the blankets uh, of the bed all day. And, um, I, I presume. And so I, you know, I called maintenance. I was like, Hey, if I change the battery, is that going to set off an alarm? And they're, they're like, Oh, we'll send, you know, Gene up and he'll, he'll change the battery. And I was like, well, I can change the battery. And they were like, no, no, no. He's going to come up and do it. So, uh, so he does. And for the first time, the cat has emerged (laughs) in a post beep world. (laughs) And I don't know if she's okay yet. <laughs> she's like, she's just really like, huh, huh, like all over the place. <laughs> like she's expecting the sound to come back anytime. And I wonder if like, 
I've accidentally gaslighted my cat or something where she's now just gone fucking crazy. <laughs> I am um, not, not, I hope so. Not, not in the house that we're in just now, but the previous flat that we lived in uh, had a similar issue with the thing going off about. Oh, must have been about half one in the morning it started, and my wife was heavily pregnant at the time, um, and I got in a lot of trouble with my landlord because I tore the fucking thing out the ceiling, wrapped it in a towel, and flung it out our, our, our bedroom window, and we were quite high up, um, it was like an apartment block, uh, flung this thing out of there, and it, it doesn't stop when you tear it out of the wall, it just continues to beep, and in the morning when I went down it was still beeping, um, and then we had to phone to get a replacement done and she, the, the landlady was like how did it end up like this and yeah, I couldn't lie because like, clearly there was evidence that I'd tore it out of the fucking ceiling right. <laughs> yeah you didn't need like CSI in for that yeah I was just like uh, I was just like you know heavily pregnant wife you know t- two in the morning and she, the woman was not happy she's like this could jeopardise your deposit and all the rest I was like put another one up stop fucking moaning uh, which she did, Julie. <laughs> so, tattoos sometimes that can be intimidating to a woman. Uh, she's like, this, this. Yeah, well, you're in, you're an intimidating. I was guy. like that. Yeah, this is what I'm going to do to this fucking stupid bit of plastic that beeps. What I'm going to do to you as a woman who's squawking in front of me right now? Um, <laughs> I'll get your replacement, sir. Thank you. Um, but yeah, like I, I've and this particular one, they're hardwired in. Um, so they go off when one of the the uh, fuses breaks. It'll start beeping, and that's usually an indicator. And I didn't know that for the first six months that we we're in. So when they would go off, we're prone to power surges in this house, and um, didn't realise. So they would go off, and I would start like getting really quite ratty. But sometimes you'd be on, sometimes you'd be off, etc. Um, and it wasn't. I think the land landlord eventually had to come out and say, "Oh yeah, sometimes the breakers will go, and you, you need to just flip nuts and fixed." So this information would have been good when we took the keys off you. <laughs> like, like, right? Why wasn't this in the pack? <laughs> If you ever hear a Chinese water torture style beeping, <laughs> just uh, flip the switch here. Yeah, so literally, that's that's what. And as it's never like it's happened maybe twice since, and it's like it takes all of three seconds to fix, uh, and that's right. it done. Uh, we call it the no go crazy button. Yeah, I just like why just, would you not say like well, welcome to your house, right? Well, here's all the things that you need to know. Um, and by the way, occasionally, not often, but occasionally. The fire alarms might start beeping, and if they do, um, it just means that the breaker switch is tripped. Here's where the switch is, and this is all you have to do. Literally takes two seconds. No, this cunt didn't tell us. <clears throat> I was doing my tits in for about six months on and off. Fucking <laughs> dick. So, honestly, <laughs> like... Uh, <laughs> oh. Speaking of dicks, Duncan... Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about Fox Mulder's dick. <laughs> Which we don't see in this episode. We do not see, but it is certainly ever-present. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's like, just as hungry for some scully. That, yeah, he is... <laughs> horny as he fuck. Is con- <laughs> he is kind of horny this entire episode. And uh, Randy as hell, guys. Yeah, it's the unofficial and- crossover with Californication. 
Yeah, it kind of is. Uh, this is, of course, uh, ladies and jelly spoons. Um, season, God, season eleven, <laughs> episode three. I keep wanting to say season three, episode eleven. Um, I love how it, directed, if you say season eleven, episode three plus one, it makes me think season eleven, episode four. <laughs> <laughs> the name right, of the episode so, is plus one plus one uh it is directed by kevin hooks Ooh. uh you know you know the hooks man <laughs> um who the hooks man <laughs> yeah who uh it just done a bunch of tv direction like you know has he done x-files before what... do we know uh no D- doesn't appear it so is... it's a lot of um a whole lot of shit like you know uh prison break Ugh, right. uh agents of shield uh. you know the good shit <laughs> and <laughs> it is written by chris carter uh. i know once upon a time that wasn't so bad yeah. uh as well as uh a gentleman uh, by the name of Brad Fulmer. Oh, I know that name. And uh, uh, Benjamin Van Allen, uh, who were writers on uh, the first three episodes of this season. So their work on the X-Files, we are uh, seeing the last of, except for Benjamin Van Allen, who goes on to the next one, apparently. Mm. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so once upon a time, Duncan... <laughs> You saw, hey, written by Chris Carter, and you were like, this is going to be fucking good. Yeah, I'd be thinking to myself, aliens. That's what I'd be thinking. Right, we're going to get some alien shit, or it's going to be weird, something. And now you see, written by Chris Carter, and you're like, ugh, all right. Maybe it'll be all right. (laughs) Um, Maybe it'll be all right. The official slogan of X Files season eleven. Yeah, maybe it'll be all right. The official biography of Chris Chris Carr. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're gonna call it the X Files. I want to believe. Yeah. Really? Maybe it'll be all right. <laughs> oh, Chris Carter, why do you hate us? Oh, such a such a tease. Mm-hmm. Um, so the episode begins uh, with uh, a seedy bar, Duncan, uh, and a punk band. They love their punk this season, mark. don't they? They love punk music this yeah. season. Um, so their plan uh, on stage, and a dude with a shitty beard <laughs> is the worst beard ever. It's it's real bad. Uh, so he's kind of dancing around and he crowd surfs and while he's crowd surfing, he sees, uh, a doppel hipster. Yep. Um, uh, like outside. Yep. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's a good impression. <laughs> yeah. I, my Arky is dead on. He, uh, <laughs> so he busts out of the bar to kind of go investigate and he can't find, his his doppelarchy yep. and so he hops in his truck uh this guy's a real piece of work like i i, I can read him up and down duncan Th- this is a guy with a real shithole apartment but a great television <laughs> um i kind of when i saw him i kind of thought 
this type of guy might befriend an old chemistry teacher who is dying of cancer, who wants to start his own meth business. Science, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might be right about that. Um... He starts, he basically put, he decides that he can't fit, so he jumps in his pickup truck. Uh huh. And uh, his, built, he drove his Chevy to the levee. <laughs> it was dry, but it was dry. Um, uh, it was. Yeah, I, I believe the American. That's a metaphor, Duncan. <laughs> I believe we call this uh, the sort of driving in, in America to use one of, use a bit of the parlance of. Of my uh, my brothers and sisters across the pond, and um, he hightails it. I think it's an accurate description. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. That's accurate. yeah. So he hightails it along this road, and the police start to chase him. He thinks because he's speeding, but then for uh, and this is never explained. And I would love someone to explain actually what is going on here. The police drive past him. Yeah, uh, it, it, unrelated activity. They're on their way to a real crime, not the crime of high <laughs> Not the crime of high tailing, uh, which is a misdemeanor. Um, and as he's. Yeah. <laughs> it's been legalized in a few states. <laughs> so as he's driving along, he suddenly realizes that his, his doppelganger, uh, his tulpa, um, his doggy. Hey! Hey! <laughs> and sitting in the seat beside him, uh, and Dougie decides that he wants to be able to drive uh, by grabbing the steering wheel, and then they have a tussle, uh, which ultimately involves in Dougie Duple uh, putting his foot down on the accelerator and then careering off the road. Love that word, careering, um, right off the road into a tree, and our our our, our hero, kinda not uh goes Arky, uh, yeah. goes through the, the the windshield um and is left lying on the 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 hood i think that's what you call it yeah oh, that's okay the, what, what do you call it again the bonnet button yeah bonnet, bonnet. That's car right. bonnet um it's, it's fucking adorable <laughs> fuck you um <laughs> <laughs> Which is the sound of my new horn that I'm, I'm going to get installed in my car because I go, fuck you, Bo. Um, that's what's going to like. <laughs> oh, is the name the afterthought? Like, could people ostensibly miss it? Yeah, yeah. It's there for those that are looking for it. Uh, but <laughs> oh, like all good art. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, at that point, we get our credits. Yeah, in in fairness, uh, the guy going through the window is pretty rad. Yeah. I'm on board with yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm like that, right? So we have uh, potentially hallucinations or a shapeshifter sold. This could be right. a monster of the week, bull. Almost certainly. And uh, w- at the end of the uh, opening credits, you know, Chris Carter likes to play with your mind a little, <laughs> Duncan. Right up front, he's like, huh, let me open up that cranium. Get my spoon, stir it up a bit, and uh, this time around, his uh, his happening, his X Files <laughs> happening at the end of the credits <laughs> is it says the truth is out there, but it says it twice, Duncan. The shape, a shape. I'm kind of open up. My mind is. I'm kind of open one one episode. It's just going to be like the L's are not what they seem. <laughs> Man, if only he wishes. Um, 
That's right. So, That's right, Chris Carter. Not good enough to talk about elves yeah. and them not being what you think they are. Oh, not, I'll I'll tell you what. What I would do for a Leland Palmer in this show. Oh, yeah. Just singing and dancing and changing hair colors, <laughs> acting all crazy. What would like, I tell you right now? What this show needs is guest director David Lynch. One episode. Yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> On one, everyone. <laughs> or, We're gonna get weird. Or a, go- a Gordon Cole crossover appearance. Could happen. Millennium crossed over with it, X-Files. Right. Technically, yeah. Bring me Mulder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh Happy happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, man. Just a, a couple of days ago. Yeah, him and him, him uh, and John Carpenter. Except yeah. except Rotten Tomatoes knew that David Lynch had turned <laughs> the right age, uh, but had appeared to, to think that John Carpenter had died. Well done, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, like somebody's got that uh on the pool, like the office deadpool. <laughs> Uh, I mean, if you don't have one in your office, start one. It's fine. Um, and somebody had Carpenter, and was just like, "Fuck, man, I need that money. Yep. I've been, I've been, I've been playing dominoes on on the corner. <laughs> I'm in deep. I've been play- to Ashy Larry. I've been playing dominoes in the corner in 1959. Uh, I need, <laughs> I need some scratch quick. Is that, is that not how the kids do it anymore? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think kids interact now. Oh, you, I mean, like online dominoes. Oh, yeah. Um, Virtual reality dominoes. Got- it's almost as good as the real thing. Um. Oh man, there's a VR game called Gorn. You need to get your hands on that game. Super fun. <laughs> um, just cartoonish violence and punching people in the face with a mace. Um. <laughs> I'll ruin those good looks. Yeah, it's right in the puss. Uh huh. Get you right in the puss. Um, right. So anyway, we've got double, yeah, double, so, double messages. Well, yeah. So uh, <laughs> then we cut to Mulder's office. Yeah. Well, we, wait, Bo, Bo. Or is this their house now? Is that where? No they are? fucking idea what is going on. Right. I think right. I have no idea what's going on because. Right, Bo. The previous season, they were on the X-Files, right? And then episode one, I kind of thought they were still on the X-Files. And in episode two, they weren't on the X-Files. And now it kind of looked like... Right, the X-Files are online. Yeah, it kind of looks like in this episode, no, we're back to dealing with paper case files. And it looks like... You're it right. looks like what the fuck? If they are at his house, he has redesigned his... I don't know, office space. To- his breakfast nook yeah. is now an exact replica of, the fucking of his X-Files office. So uh, the, yeah. uh, consistency, just a little, just a little through line, please. I'm not asking for much. Are they on the X-Files or are they not on the X-Files? Yes or no. Are they online or are they in paper copies? What well, are we doing, people? They state they state in this episode that they are still employees of the FBI. <laughs> no, wait, remember when mercenaries came to kill them? 
I, I, Duncan, I know. I'm saying this episode. <laughs> you mean the, they're in the you mean the one after the previous one, Bo? Whatever. <laughs> you don't dip your toe into the same X Files twice. Let's <laughs> know, like. There was, I don't know. The show used to have a semblance of continuity, and this season's like it fuck is it. totally yeah, out it's the like, window. Fuck it. Like, like there is a point in this. The end of this scene is like them saying, "Like, let's do what we do best." <laughs> and you're like, "Are you are you are you being paid for this?" <laughs> you like, like, just did off their own back now. <laughs> Are you two just crazy people roaming the countryside searching conspiracies? Oh my god! So that yeah, they're just whatever, whatever they're like. What is it? Is, is it Tuesday? You got much planned today? Pilates? Yeah, I was going to go to yoga. Um, what? Just travel to the other side of America, like just looking at NX Files. Yeah, why not? <laughs> all right, all right, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Oh, uh, okay. yes. Let's 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 let's. It, it, it ain't gonna take long. There's like three things that happen in this whole episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Mulder is talking about helping uh, the hipster kid, Arky. And uh, once more, not concerned that there's any kind of global conspiracy afoot. No. Or that they should be searching for their child. None of that comes no. up in this or, or the fact that Mulder now has a genuine taste for blood. No, no, yeah. right. He's... <laughs> He's, uh, I mean, he tries to kill someone in this episode, at least. He just isn't very good. Tries to kill himself in this Uh, episode, Bo. Well, goddammit, you want a job done right? Do it yourself. Um, So, to your point about consistency, none of that shit shows up. No, not in this episode. Um, And so Mulder is like, yeah, in addition to Arky going through his windshield... 11 other people have committed suicide in this mm-hmm. town and a bunch of them have said that they saw their doppelganger before they mm-hmm. died to which I ask when, <laughs> yeah. when did they tell somebody about this before their apparent suicide? And if they told somebody about it, why was it then called a suicide? Yes, that's a good point. Bo. It's a very good point. Now, now, what they could say is, on the run-up, before they committed suicide, many of these people had reported instances of seeing their cell. But what they can't do after committing suicide is then make a statement saying, just before they committed suicide, they saw themselves. That's not how it works. Right. Sorry, Chris Carter. Sorry to put a, a pin in that idea balloon that you had there, but that's not... <laughs> It's not how death works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turns out like nobody, nobody like is m- murdered by their doppelganger and then makes a quick jingle. Yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, so at any rate, th- this is the point where Mulder and Scully are like, you know, Mulder's like, I believe something supernatural happened, and Scully is like, there are rational explanations, Mulder, and Mulder's like. Let's do what we do best, goddammit. And then Scully's like, okay. And then we're off. And I'm still like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I'm like, is this an official X-Files? Who sanctioned this? Does A.D. Skinner know where you're going? Do we have a budget for this? Is, um, what's going on? What is-, <laughs> is this Is this from this season? <laughs> 
Do they know what happened before? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they don't seem to be. They do not seem to be in the slightest bit concerned. You know what it's like when you have in one hand, Bo, um, a global conspiracy to destroy all life on the planet or live on for eternity in machines and space stations or docked in, you know, other planets in the universe or people are killing themselves and seeing themselves just before it happens. What one takes priority? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of... Oh, well, let's go alphabetical, <laughs> goddammit. Uh, make it democratic. <laughs> Got global conspiracy. Yep. That's that's your disease and whatnots. Mm-hmm. You got your space exploration. Mm-hmm. All right, that's your G and your S. And then you got Ark. <laughs> that's an A. It's not even what it's about. It's just a name. <laughs> you could have went with Doppelganger. That, that kind of that's a D. That's early as well. But I like your arcade. But yeah, that makes no sense. And I don't know what's happening. And they don't, you know, this this episode doesn't even bother to address it. And kind of, part of yeah, me right. kind of gives it a bit of admiration. Like that. We're not going to get hung up on procedures or how things are doing or what's happening at all or, or the, the blatant lack of continuity in this episode. We're just doing an X-Files. So let's, let's go. Yay. Yeah, it's a whole lot of who gives yep. a shit. And... <laughs> That also a theme of season eleven of the X Files. That's that's a new tagline right at the very end. Repeat twice. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Right. <laughs> they ought to if they had any dignity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you think? Do you think? Do you think Chris Carter right did that previous season of the X Files? He's like, oh, I'm just going to do it, and I'm just going to leave it on this like unanswerable cliffhanger I'm just going to do there because you know people at the novel will wear thin and no one's ever going to green like this for another season and I'll just put this at, what I have another season fuck <laughs> I have nothing I have n- the well is dry <laughs> the idea well is dry I have not after 10 episodes but that's, that's like double the length of the previous I suppose so all right let me paint another Ooh, scene please. for you. I love it when you paint both. Cut to a doctor's <laughs> office prior to season 10. Mr. Carter, the doctor says, you have six months to live. <laughs> and scene. He never thought he'd see a season he 11. He never did. He, he f- never did. That's evident here. He... He is a miracle of science, and we should all appreciate it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, though, mothers day are our, on a joint. In our co- totally made-up story about Chris yep. Carter, we wish him yes, well. Yes, we do. Just um, no more seasons, please, Chris. No more seasons. Yeah, knock it off, man. And in this one with, like, just Scully needs to murder Mulder. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, Chris Carter, take that, take that enthusiasm to bring things back. Give us a new season of Millennium. Yeah, Lance Henriksen ain't doing shit. I can tell you. I watched those. Lance Henriksen um, has a absolutely fucking amazing. That's the movie I should have talked about. Can I Jamie Jenkins this? I mean, I'll allow right. It. I watched Mum and Dad, the new Nicolas Cage movie. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I think I'm going to watch that. You tonight. are going to love it, right? Because it's basically cooties, but like the inverse. So instead of the kids trying to kill the parents, it's the parents trying to kill the kids. Whole lot of kid killing in that. Oh, you're going to love it. All right, I'm on board and now. We have um, Nick Cage going fucking crazy, right? And you know who Nick Cage's dad is? Lance Henriksen. That's all I'm going to fucking say. Strap oh, yourself. Strap right. yourself in okay. for an hour and twenty-five minutes of this is fucking awesome. <laughs> all right, all right, I'm on board. You know I like that. Yes, Duncan. I know. Uh, so what the fuck is going on? This <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. All right, so we gotta go. Uh, we gotta go to the uh the small town where Arky is with the villains yes. and <laughs> the antagonists <laughs> and. Uh, he's with his attorney, Dean Schmoozenhound. He does look like a Schmoozenhound, right enough. He he has the Schmoozenhound chin, um, <laughs> and the sword collection to match. God damn it! When he, all right, we'll get to that. <laughs> so it's like 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 a, a a small a small Japanese museum's worth of samurai swords. His, his scene later with for the a small town lawyer. Small town lawyer, by the way. I don't think this guy's this guy's not like he's, represents he's, massive legal firms like Goldman Sachs. He's living in the fucking glass house in the middle of <laughs> Arkansas or whatever. <laughs> You're like, what architect did you bring to the middle of Bumfuck <laughs> to design your elegant home? Um I want this wall will be my feature wall. It will be my samurai sword wall. All right. I'm going to need to custom order a safe with a bunch of gun holsters. Oh, don't All right, well, get we, we'll get to it. <sighs> we got stupid shit before that stupid shit, Duncan. So we do. So, uh, we're, we're meeting with Dean Schmoozenhound and, and, uh, Mulder and Scully in at the jail where Arky is being held. Cause they arrested him after for being drunk. Uh, mm-hmm. at, at the time of the accident. And uh, Arky's like, hey, it wasn't me. It was my doppel Arky. And uh, Mulder's like, all right. And uh, uh, he says he can prove it. And then we cut to uh, the crash scene uh, or the site. And there is uh, like rubber uh, skid marks going towards the tree and he's like oh well he applied the brake so that proves that Arky was actually trying to stop the car and Mulder or Scully is like well maybe he fell asleep and woke up and then hit the brakes and Mulder's like well he he wouldn't have been driving so goddamn fast goddamn it and (laughs) she's like well maybe you're right and uh the end of the conversation is Mulder saying I think he's telling the truth because Arky's too stupid to make this up. And that's kind of it. It's kind of a nothing scene. It's fear. It's uh, right. Whatever. And so then they go to the, the hospital, uh, where we meet the true star of this episode for my money. Little Judy. Yeah. Uh, Judy, Judy, Judy. See, that's a <laughs> Jowdy. That's a uh, Chow. Judy. Uh, Imagine if that was the reveal. If that's who Judy actually are was. Are you kidding me? A shit thrower. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, if they were like, do you want to meet Judy? And it's like, oh, it's just a spirit in a teapot or something. Oh, that would have been fucking amazing. Anyway. No, I mean, like that, yeah, that would have been cool. But instead, like, uh, the reverse of the X, uh, the, the, the Twin Peaks reveal I'd been this woman. Yeah, that would have been real disappointing. And, yeah. and, and yet it's the high water mark of this episode. Yeah, she's pretty amazing. I, like, she's at least having fun. Yeah, I, I, I would go on record to say that both Judy and Chucky are oh. are the are the saving grace of this episode. Well, maybe not the full saving grace. There's something else going on in the background, which I actually kind of like, because it throws up some questions, which the story can't be bothered fucking even tackling or I'd or, or, or even making any headway on at all, but as a as a viewer and fan of the show, I think there are interesting points that maybe they should have fleshed out, which they don't. But are, are um, you saying fuck me. that you know I mean? Chris Carter is once more shitting on his own property? Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 He, he's taking a, a Judy steamer in the hand and just smearing it <laughs> right all over. All right. Every viewer's face just. Smell my shit. But I think there's a real <laughs> shit cop-out in this. There's a couple of shit cop-outs in this, Bo, um, <laughs> but pertaining to our beloved characters, but we'll get to that. But you are right. Judy Judy is, is kind of fun. Yeah. Like, I, I'll give the X-Files one thing. When they do their quote-unquote monsters of the week, most of the time they come up with, especially when they ground them as human characters, they tend to make them fun, and Judy certainly lives up to that. So Judy is supposed to be a schizophrenic unrelated to the case. Like uh, Scully yep. is at the hospital to ask about uh, the rash of suicides in the area. And uh, the doctor is like, yeah, you know, we kind of chalked it up to, you know, schizophrenia and mass suicide ideation or whatever it is that Scully calls it. Just, you know, gets in the culture. Like they have a suicide, like a Sion Sono style suicide club uh, where... Mm-hmm. A, a girl band makes everyone kill themselves for not being authentic. Um, <laughs> fuck, that would be a better episode. Um, <laughs> Chris Carter. Sion Sono directs the X-Files. Now there you've got me. So yeah, if you're going to do the X-Files for a season 11, just pick random weird directors and just give them an episode. Right. You've got the budget. Don't- just pick it's not as if you don't have it's not as if you approach Sion Sono and say, Oh, by the way, we're giving you one episode of the X Files, that guy's gonna say no. He's gonna say yes. Well, and also just get get fucking bent with all the mythology stuff. Let's just not do that anymore. But we're, we're not doing the, in this episode. Well, I know we're not in this episode. <laughs> I'm saying in general, if you're gonna bring back the X Files for these like five and ten episode runs just do something fun. The audiobook, like they've released two audiobooks in the interim between the seasons, which are narrated, but they're audio dramas, sorry. So they have Mitch Pelegi, um, you know, Gillian um, Anderson and David Duchovny all do voices for their characters, and they are infinitely better than the TV show. Because they are like one-off mysteries that are not related to anything else, and they're fucking great. Um, and yeah, that's what you do. If you bring it back for season eleven, don't get like we've done the whole fucking the truth is out there pish. Let's just do random weird things. Let's update it. 
you know, modernise it, yeah, by all means, like ground it in a, you know, a, a more dangerous time or whatever, but just, yeah. But I think go one step further, you just get interest, just give, like, oh, I really like you, you did this really cool movie, right, make this episode. You know, do that. Trust me, you, you have no shortage right now instead of just trundling out the same generic shite. Speaking of same generic shite, Duncan, uh, so Scully is like, hey, who's in this room? And they're like, oh, that's Judy. And uh, she's like, uh, uh, who's that? And they're like, uh, that she's she's a plain old schizophrenic, not one of the schizophrenics <laughs> we're talking about. Infinite evil in the universe is what she is, uh, from a different dimension. Maybe Keeper of the Black Lodge, do you know of? <laughs> yeah, right. Do, does the name Jeffries mean anything to you? <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do your voice do what do your voice your jeffrey's voice jeffrey's a kill oh <laughs> she's just gonna throw a little poop at you y'all <laughs> don't worry it's just how she likes it um uh, hey judy you got an invisible sister that's okay Everybody needs a friend. <laughs> it's a better episode. It's uh, a better episode. Immediately better if you put David Bowie Kettle Jeffries. <laughs> David Bowie Kettle Jeffries. Get your delicious David Bowie Kettle Jeffries right here. <laughs> David Bowie Kettle Jeffries sounds like you just picked like random words and put them in one of those machines that churns out numbers for bingo and you just picked them at random. <laughs> but it all is real. And that's the amazing thing yeah. about Twin Peaks. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Kind of makes me pain for last year right uh, now. I know. Uh, but yeah, right, but yeah, so, so. so they're talking to Judy and... Or Scully is talking to Judy, and and there's a bunch of uh, hangman pictures uh, or, or draw drawings, uh, drawings, drawings all over her walls, drawings. taped up, and uh, and one of them has uh, Arky's name on it, mm-hmm. and Scully's like, "Well, that seems like a clue. <laughs> that seems like more than a coincidence, Bo. <laughs> right? Even rational Scully, that's me." I think that that might mean something. And then... <laughs> My 20 years in the FBI and impeccable training at Quantico have taught me a thing or two about spawn evidence, Bo, and I think this might be a piece. <laughs> I know evidence. And that's some. It's <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Yeah, and so uh, Scully is like, Hey, Judy, do you know Arky? And uh, and she's like, uh, I don't know, but she might. And then she points to an empty chair. And this is one of those things that I don't feel ever gets paid off. Nope. Like, what the fuck are they talking about? Because I get the doppelganger stuff. Yep. But it's not like she's saying, hey, I see my brother there. Yeah. Because she t- she says in the course of this scene that she is telepathically playing hangman with her brother. And um, Scully, like, I don't, why isn't, uh, uh, all right, 
I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting frustrated with this episode. And I love it when you get frustrated. It's brilliant. It, well, it's just so stupid because <laughs> it would make sense for the invisible person to be her brother if they're communicating thusly mm-hmm. instead of this invisible twin that doesn't ever matter. Yep. Like sometimes she's mean and sometimes she's nice. But then why is she externalized from her body? What is the the fuck is going on, Duncan? Yeah, it's not schizophrenia at that point. It's mon- multiple personality disorder because you know, some which, people that have multiple personalities will see their other personalities as individuals out with. Which she says, but then why would Chucky have that? Exactly. Does That doesn't make any sense. And then, if it's I mean, supernatural, it was- then explain it a little bit. Yeah, but then they kind of toyed with the idea as well that there's a power play between the two of them that they kind of like to fuck with each other. So is he writing her name down and that's what's manifesting that? And if so, why is it stopping short of trying to attack her? And you're right, it sets up this... Right, this is quite interesting. Where's this... Oh, never again. All right, that's... That's... uh, Well, yeah, thanks. I think maybe... Thanks for adding a wrinkle to this already muddled mythology. Yep. Uh, or, you know, in terms of, ju- like, uh, all right, we'll, we'll get into it later <laughs> when it gets to that stuff. But it's so fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> so Mulder and Scully have to get a room at the local motel. And already Mulder is just like, how about we just get one room, goddammit? Yep. <laughs> You afraid of seeing my dick again? Is that what this is about? You afraid of it? Answer me, goddammit. <laughs> I just don't know why you say that you're afraid of it. I'm just got this image of him waving it like in our face. Just waggle his yeah, like, this little pretty uh, uh, dick in her you, face. Not touching you, not touching you, uh, 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 not touching you. Look at it. <laughs> why well, you used to draw little faces on him, make it talk to you. Oh, think I forgot I, that, goddammit. Oh, um, imagine, imagine if you're... Like, I don't know if this term transfers well. Uh, like, <laughs> if I said the word bellend, does that make sense? Yeah, I right, get that. that. Right, that's cool. Imagine if your bellend looked like Wilford Brimley. <laughs> I'm all right. I just want to go inside. <laughs> Oh, it's totally worth it. Totally worth it. Oh. <laughs> Everything else that happens is worthless, Doug. <laughs> um. Like our new brand, ladies and gents, Duncan and Bo Cole are presenting you with the Wilford Brimley condom. It's right, a yeah. condom that you wear that stretches over your dick uh, and gives you, right at the very end, at the tip, at the... <laughs> <laughs> the collection point. Uh, the, the the delightful face of Wilford Brimley. <laughs> like the semen blows it up into Wilford Brimley's face. Yeah, it makes like fun. a balloon. <laughs> Good job, goddammit. Solid 20 cc's. 
it's, it's, uh, the, the condom comes in uh, um, a, a variety of different shapes and sizes, but the one I recommend is wrinkled for your pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> the, there's also a special Wilford Brimley condom to measure your fertility mm-hmm. so that when you actually come, it will tell you, you're shooting blakes, goddammit. <laughs> or... Well played. Well played. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. Send anything you found at a bus station. <laughs> On anyone. <laughs> or, or anyone, yes. <laughs> to Doug and Bo come correct. And that's, um, all. that's all. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so, (laughs) so Arky is back in, in jail and, uh, he, uh, gets locked away for the night and they're like, Hey, we're going to transfer you tomorrow. And he's like, transfer me where, man? And they're like, shut up. (laughs) They don't even bother to take his handcuffs off. They're just like, go to bed, you fucking stone loser. Mm -hmm. And uh, so then he turns around and there's his doppelganger. And then he screams. And then we cut to commercial. But hey, it's modern age and a podcast. So there are no commercials. Um, Except for the one in this episode. (laughs) So Mulder and Scully... uh, are, are getting a room at the local motel. Uh, Mulder's all all fucking horny and is like, let's let's you know get us a single room. We we'll just snuggle up. It's kind of cold outside, goddammit. And uh, and then like Scully's going to bed and Mulder like they've got like a, one of them rooms or like he's got a pull out sofa in the other room and there's a door between them. And anyway, yeah, uh, Mulder sofa uh, Mulder sofa pulls out, but he doesn't. Uh... Goddamn right. Um, I won. I won for the withdrawal in Vietnam, and I aim for withdrawal for myself. <laughs> God damn it. Um. Yeah, Wilford uh, 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 Brimley believes that you stay in until the job's done. <laughs> you stay until you fuck him right. Uh, <laughs> you'll learn. Who would have um, thought that our conversation would have went as seedy as it has so quickly? Uh, I don't know. Regular listeners. <laughs> um, <Probably>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at this point, at this point, if they're not in Bo, then they're never going to be in. Yeah. If you are you in? Um, <laughs> ask yourselves that, listeners. <laughs> are you in? <laughs> The most disturbing thing about that is while you're asking the listeners, that's also what's booming in my headphones. It's your voice, like seductively saying the words, are you in? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that is unsettling. (laughs) Thanks, Bo. Uh, (laughs) You should listen to this in the shower. (laughs) Well, wait a second. Billy Zane? (laughs) I kind of feel like Billy Zane... Should be the not Wilford Brimley. Billy Zane should be the voice of Mulder. Should we this switch it for this episode? Let's do the old switcheroo. 
All right, I'm down for it. Mm. <laughs> hey, Scully. And she's in bed, and uh, uh, she's like, get the fuck out of here, Mulder. And he's like, I would, but Arky's dead. <laughs> yeah, like, I, the, the, the thing is, they do this, this... They do this, Mulder just appears in a room, kind of jump scare to Scully, like, maybe three too many times in this episode. And never pay it off with anything cool. Yeah, they never They just keep all. doing the same thing. They just do like, the same thing over and over again, so I don't yeah. get it. There's a point we'll get to here in just a minute where Scully appears in his doorway, Yeah, and I was like, ooh, maybe that's Doppel Scully, that'd be cool. Nope. Nope. Just... And hey, the thing we did with Mulder, we do with Scully too. Yeah, but that's but yeah, but we can't because the only the 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 person can only see their double. Yeah, you know I mean, so no one else can see their double. The only the only person that can see their double is the person. Which that you know, what once we know that, and we know that kind of early in the episode after this first kind of Mulder standing at the bed, every subsequent Mulder standing at the bed can't be paid off as a sinister actor or anything because we know that only the person can see their double. So I like from that first one onwards, it's pointless. <laughs> it's like, like but, I, but they keep doing it for no discernible reason at all. It's like the empty chair with Judy. It's like, we'll set up something that could be vaguely interesting. To me, it's a lot more interesting if you, the other person could see the double. Yeah. Then you can. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, because then, like with Judy, it sets up this idea of, well, is she schizophrenic? Does she have these multiple personalities, or is there a double of her that is doing all this horrendous dialogue and you know throwing shit and all the rest? But, right. Is it the externalization of her evil? Exactly. Or like, like some kind of dead ringer shit, or yeah. you know, like there, there are so many cool things you can do with the idea of twins. That uh, Chris Carter looked at the buffet of <laughs> of horror stories based around the idea of twins and doubles, and said, "Nope." <laughs> I thought you were going to say that he just looked at the buffet instead of finishing writing the episode. <laughs> no, maybe so. He's just like, "Yeah, all right." So then there was an invisible person in the chair, and we need to pay that off, but. Crab cakes. Man, <laughs> I could go for a burrito. Anyone else want some Chipotle? Go ahead. Is there a Chipotle? <laughs> Where? Around? How far around the block? The whole block? The corner. <laughs> that was the first big mistake because then Chris Carter spent the next three hours on the toilet and then the rest of the episode was written while he was on there. Just going, right, ah, God, the goddamn sriracha. Yeah. <laughs> All those enchiladas. <laughs> <laughs> it's Chris Carter on the toilet going, ooh, baby, baby. <laughs> I love what you sing to me. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Man, that is one of the greatest scenes in horror history. It's, it's maybe one of them. It's in my top. It's, 
it's in my top rung of scenes from that franchise i think it's yeah it like five is one of my least favorite in the franchise but mm-hmm. that scene is glorious yeah it raises like i I quite like five and the reason behind that is mostly because of demon <laughs> like demon like notches it up a couple and like that particular scene as well when like he's getting when jason's deciding to stab him uh <laughs> through the thing he's the only person in any of the friday the 13th movies that actually genuinely looks terrified about death like, yeah <laughs> the actor is that actor is acting ball <laughs> which i'm not used to in this franchise <laughs> He's a song and dance man. Like they bring it all. He's a triple threat. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk so, about the next films anymore. All right, all right, wait, but we gotta, we gotta. That's what we do. Uh, so they like Mulder is like, uh, we gotta go to jail and. Uh, <laughs> And, and so they found Arky dead, and he's handcuffed, but he's managed to hang himself yeah. uh, on, on the door of the, the cell. Seems suspicious, Bull. It seems unlikely, but, you know, even Mulder is like, you'd be surprised what you can do in handcuffs. <laughs> and <laughs> you're right. It, it was right for this episode. And his lawyer shows up and is like, hey, man, Arky was a loser, but he didn't want to die. Hmm. And Mulder's like, agreed. <laughs> and oh, also, look how fancy I am. Arky could afford me. <laughs> yeah, he is. I, yeah, none of this makes any sense. Why does Sword Guy. Why does Sword Guy exist? Why does, Why does the lawyer he... need to have swords? Right, why is he a weapon nut and but he like should we want him to die, but also he's defending Arky, which is the right thing to do. Yep. But then he treats a waitress like a piece of human garbage. Yep. And that's unfortunate. Yep. He does offer to show him show her his sword collection. Man, with, that's with the point where I was like fuck you this episode. <laughs> I don't need that in my X Files episode. Like two seconds away from Weinstein in a plant pot. (laughs) Right? Why? I like that. That's a verb now. Um, But yeah, why didn't he just like you know like uh, all you have to do in a show like this is have her walk away and him kind of lean his head and look at her ass. Yeah, that's all you got to do to say. This kind, this guy's kind of a a, a lech, yeah. You know? uh, but instead, we get this whole like, I'll show you my sword collection. She's like, Tee-hee. I bet they're big, <laughs> and he's like, it's like, oh, I'll take it out of the sheath. <laughs> I don't know why he's a porn actor now. <laughs> hey, I'm here. I'm a Roman soldier. <laughs> I am here to pillage and plunder your anus. (laughs) 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 
that's the exact line that got my wife to marry me. Uh, <laughs> uh, takes me back. <laughs> <laughs> I have laughed to the point of tears twice in this episode. Maybe a personal record. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Scully is like, Hey, you know, what's weird. I met this crazy bitch at, uh, the hospital that had Arky's name and on a hangman draw drawing, uh, on, on her wall. And, um, uh, Mulder is like, well, that sounds significant. And she was like, I know. I thought that too. It sounded like a clue. And, and. I should have mentioned it to you earlier, probably, before we went to bed. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> so Mulder is, uh, is like, well, did she say anything else? And Scully says, well, she says she plays Hangman telepathically with her brother. Mm. And Mulder's like, then he's on the list of suspects. <laughs> it's a guy that's nowhere anywhere near them that they've never met with no connection except for a crazy woman saying she speaks to him telepathically that means he's a suspect well but that's Mulder he's out there and he has crazy theories don't yeah he does Spooky um, Mulder. And, oh man there's a conversation that happens later that made me want to punch every tv um <laughs> so <laughs> Mulder Mulder then goes to visit uh, what turns out to be the trustee that found Arky dead in the first place. He works at the jail, apparently. Mm -hmm. um, and a guy named Chucky, who is, in fact, the brother of Judy. Yes. And Chucky also has an invisible friend, which we mentioned earlier with Judy. And no, it's not explained here either. In fact, it would make way more sense if she had the invisible friend... But not him, because he's not schizophrenic. What? Yeah. Oh, what the fuck ever. Um, so <laughs> I gotta talk. I gotta talk myself down every now and again. I'm gonna <laughs> blow a valve. Um, so, so Scully, while while Mulder's you know pussyfooting with uh, Chucky. Mm -hmm. Um, who doesn't, in, in fairness, look like he's having a good time and he's real sleazy and he's got kind of a hoarder house and, uh, it, it, his character is kind of fun, uh, in that kind of dirty, you know, backwoods X-Files way. Like the, he could be neighbors with the, the killer in true detective season one. Yes. Like they could be like, you know, passing each other like, Hey, ha, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, anyway, so while Mulder's doing that, Scully's at the hospital and this time demon Judy <laughs> is, is there and she, the nurses are like, Hey, she's been throwing shit at us for a while. We ain't going in with you. And Scully's like, I'm not afraid. I'm rational and <laughs> goes inside. And so here's kind of the, the poo cheat I feel. <laughs> She's like, that... can, can we take a second to to like because we're obviously seeing like judy's the best part of this and chucky's the best part of this as well uh, and i mean it, it is worth saying that if you you pay close attention it's the same actress 
playing both parts. Karen, uh, Karen Covenval. Conoval? Conoval? Yeah, well, yeah, sure. So she's playing both parts. She's playing Chucky as well. She's playing a man in makeup. And it's evident. I mean, it's like, it's not, that's not the greatest makeup I've ever seen um, to make a woman look like a man. Um, but it adds into this idea. Once again, there are small things about this episode that I'm like, that's really fucking clever. So it adds into this idea of duplicity. Um, you know, the fact we have a character playing multiple versions of herself, but also playing her brother as well, who's also going to see a multiple version of himself later on. I, I I really like that. I think she is, we said, she's the best thing about this episode. Um, but I, I love that, the way that they've, the, the way that she plays into that. And I think that's excellent. So what you get in the space of this five minutes where you have Mulder talking with Chucky and you have um, Scully talking with Judy is essentially three, at least three performances by the same actress playing two versions of one character and one version of the other character and they're all completely different performances. And that's really exciting. I think that's yeah. really well done. Yeah, if you explained any of it yeah. reasonably, it yep. would be great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I agree. I think she is, to me, far and away the best thing about the episode. Um, and she's also, I mean, she also starred in the, the episode Home uh, many, many months oh, ago. Oh, right. Yeah, that is, that's a classic, sir. One of the best. Yeah, that that is a legit scary episode. And I'm just checking now. She's she's been in everything, man. She was also in one of our personal favorites, uh, Clyde Bruckman's final response. She's in that episode as well. Oh, really? She's okay. Madam Madam Zelma. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell, she's been about. But anyway, she's back again, <laughs> playing multiple yeah. characters. And I think like she is definitely high watermark in this episode. However, I trod on your lawn while you were trying to speak and i will now shush uh no that's fine uh trot on my lawn yeah. um i thought you were gonna get off my lawn i thought you were gonna eat no. food me no I, uh, brimley is how i think of it. <laughs> get off my lawn god damn it different movie um, different movie gran torino with wilford brimley instead of <laughs> i'll help you fix your goddamn car <laughs> Uh, wouldn't have to change any of the dialogue. In fact, you wouldn't have to give him a script. No, um, he is, he, and the immortal words of Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder. I don't read the script. The script reads me. That's right. from Brimley in every movie. <laughs> yeah, that's just that's just logic. Um, <laughs> all right, so. But here's the poo cheat, which was where this all began, is that, <laughs> is that, uh, so Judy is holding a can of something. Yeah. Presumably pudding. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because you see her, like, you never see her throwing, so you don't know if it's like, well, is that supposed to be shit? Because that's what the nurse has said, but she's got this can in her hand. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what she's throwing because to dig in her ass, <laughs> retrieve the ammunition and then hurl it ammunition. seems like a lot, it would take a lot longer 
I don't I don't know. I've never done it. I don't know how like is that a like well, is it like a MLB see, pitcher? Yeah. I don't know. Are you going overhand? Are you going underhand? I don't know. But Scully's see Scully's a a medical scientist, Bo, and Scully later refers to it as Dookie. She does, but then doesn't make any sense, Bo. Doesn't make any sense. <sighs> it's pudding. It's like pudding that she they want, that's not shit. They want to they want to have their poo and eat it too. Is, <laughs> is the real problem? Yeah, it's not poo. Um, it's pudding. I, yeah, I don't know, man. I like it's stuff like that. That when I'm watching this episode, I'm like, well, I don't. Is that? But take show. Can. Yeah, take but, show the episode. But that well, he, um, <laughs> is what I said, and <laughs> and so uh, then Judy gives her some shit about being old and dried up yeah. and not being able to have kids, and it's like, are you? Are you looking at the same fine ass yeah, woman? Yeah, but I think she she once again. This is where she put something quite interesting that I'm like that. Ah, right. This is all nonsense. Now we get to the crux of what this episode about. This episode is about you know the cruel mistress that is time. Her ravages on on uh, the the poor body of Scully. Um, the the the, the ticking kind of clock that she has uh, as a woman. Um, Why doesn't she say I have a child Because We don't acknowledge that until later on And when we do acknowledge it later on What should have come up in that conversation is like Oh yeah he's the key to save everyone You know remember Like you know Maybe we should check in on him and the Vanderhosens Or whatever their name was Um, Like maybe, maybe we should do that No no this scene feels so empty to me because it's never acknowledged that she has a son. Like it, uh, you'll you, never have a yeah. child. And I do, I do. Yeah. We're looking for him. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I have a, I have a child who right, doesn't live with me, uh, but he's out there. And um, his name is William, by the way. Uh, yeah. All, all these things. Yeah. It's, it's, it throws up interesting discussion pieces within the episode about the relationship of Mulder Scully, their place and you know, the place in the FBI, but their place in the world that we are in just now and the importance of it. It throws these things up as if it cares. As if it cares to like even begin to start to do a bit of a dialogue other than the superficial scratching that it does later on. Um, right, like the the conversation that should follow that scene, if she doesn't want to say, "I, you know, I have a kid," is when she's having that conversation with Mulder later. Mm-hmm. It's about missing William's childhood. That ought to be the conversation, exactly, because that's what get that to me. That's the obvious setup, but <clears throat> we can't have that in a monster of the week episode. But it all has to be or, funny, it, um, or just completely ignore. Yeah. It's, it's so frustrating yeah, because I I, I I felt like once once that started coming up in the discussion, I was like, right, we're we're I can forgive some of the glaring plot holes in this episode because we're getting we're getting a bit of a, an emotional hook, a bit of depth to the Mulder and Scully relationship and how everything they've been through, all the shit they've been through, um, you know, it it does take a toll, and that toll is time. You spend all that time investigating cases and all that stuff. You forgo a lot of your personal life. Um, that eventually a time comes along where you're like that. Well, I'm not as young as I used to be. Um, 
I didn't get to to start the family that I thought I would have. Um, and I mean, what's really weird about this is like Mulder and Scully are on again, off again, on again, off again, and in in the previous episode they were kind of off again. <laughs> Uh, in this episode, they appear to be very, very much back on again, um, but it's never really implicitly like stated, and they can they're kind of aloof about it as well. But we have this scene with them in the bed uh, talking, and she's like, "Well, what happens if you meet someone else, and you, just, you know that person, you know, wants to, you know, have kids with you and all the rest," and then. Mulder like basically throws the same conversation at Scully, and she has to basically spell out. Remember, the previous child was essentially a miracle because I can't conceive Mulder. Um, right, like and I'm R- like that. remember that at least. Yeah, Mulder remembers that. He's a fucking FBI agent. He's like Mulder's attention for detail is pretty good. We don't need to have this. It's a as just as bad dialogue. It's bad dialogue flung in here for people that have not watched the X-Files. This is for people that are casually perusing Fox and stumble across this. Um, oh, right, I didn't know that about Scully, you know. Um, that's literally all it's here for because it's it's, it's bad exposition. Um, and, the, and it annoys me because they're like that, yeah, we've got, a, we've got a president that's currently, you know, trying to, you know, overthrow the FBI and all the rest and all like that. That's an interesting discussion point. I would much rather this episode was about that, um, or like remotely. Like the the only indication we've had about that is Russian military tried to Russian mercenaries tried to kill you in the previous episode, which we're no longer focusing on. We're back to, and are we on the X Files? And it, it keeps coming back to this of what are we doing here? What right? What are right. we doing here? The Skinner now? Yeah, no one knows. <laughs> they've gone rogue they're rogue agents yeah, they're, they're, or they're crazy people the rogue agents that have shown up in a town um, which is out with their jurisdi- jurisdiction uh, they're flashing their badges around with no legal authority really at all um, are the agents do we actually know at the moment are the agents like I, 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 I don't I, don't I mean know. I think so because otherwise why wouldn't Skinner arrest him in the first episode but i i, I don't know I, I i genuinely don't know i uh, yeah it's it is murky at best yeah a kill squad tried to take them out in the previous episode but it wasn't an fbi kill squad it was i guess higher up the yeah, ladder but ad skinner had signed off on it yeah i I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't have answers. I wish I did. A.D. Skinner had signed off on it, and he later said, well, I didn't realize they were going to come and kill you, but you were going to take him for questioning, so he signed off on it. I did, like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, it's... This show's a mess, man. A, um, okay, we've come off, we've come off, Bo, 10 months talking about Twin Peaks, and its linear narrative is better than this. Oh, yeah. Well, because it like the criticism I always heard about Twin Peaks is like, oh, it just has so many loose ends. It's like, eh, I mean, a couple. Yeah. But all the big ones are kind of wrapped up. Yep. I mean, you end on a new mystery, but that's a stylistic choice as much as it is a narrative one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So then yeah, we, I, end yeah, up, we end up with. 
Oh wait, 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 okay. hold on. I, I, I've got I've got our place in this nonsense. Oh, <laughs> so couple of important points, because we're bouncing all around because of how fucking stupid it is. Um so uh but from the scene with Scully and Judy in the hospital, the big takeaway is that uh Scully it kind of pins her into saying that Arky killed himself, and she's like, well, there's no way you could have known that mm-hmm. had you not somehow been involved. And um, then we have the whole scene where Mulder, uh, or Scully is asking Mulder if she, if he thinks she's getting old and all the, the Burr stuff. But one of the things that drove me crazy... <laughs> Is that he says, well, no, you still got a little scoot in your boot. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh come on, man. You've got a little <laughs> scoot in your boot. This is, this, and, this is Cambridge educated Mulder. And I mean, granted, he had his mushroom inspired line dancing, but I don't think that's what we're talking about. Yeah, I, I don't even know if that actually happened, Bo, because I, that whole season is thrown at a question by Scully's flake out. Yeah, I don't even want to think about it. All right, so got to work at the chronology, Bo. So, uh, and then we have a scene with Judy and Chucky playing Hangman telepathically, mm-hmm. and uh, it is clear that they are spelling out the name of Dean Schmoozenhound. Schmoozen, Schmoozen, Schmoozendorf. Yep, and Stad. You schmooze, and... you lose, Bo. Oh. <laughs> Boy, that old that old chestnut. <laughs> that's 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 basically the 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 campaign that the other company of lawyers used to try and steal away clients. Yeah, uh, the Schmusenhound in Dorfenstaden. <laughs> um, Mulder Mulder ends up going to Chucky's place. It's a scene where nothing really happens. Let's skip it. Scully is talking to Judy. <laughs> Uh, who's insisting that her doppelganger is in the room. Yeah. And and Scully is just like, hey, I want all the killings to stop. And then uh, she suggests that Judy should stop playing hangman with her brother. But Judy, and it's kind of a fun line where she was like, well, if I couldn't play hangman with my brother, what would, what would I do locked in this room all day? I'd go mad. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, It's pretty good. Um, she's a great actress. That's why. Yeah, and then she gives gives Scully some pills, <laughs> Not pills. and she's like, she's like, this will drive people away. Or like, if they start seeing doppelgangers, this will this is like the the cure to pill them, and uh, or the pill to cure them. Uh, I think I might be having a stroke. <laughs> yeah, I, I prefer uh, the the original way you said it. <laughs> the cure to pill them. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a small Norwegian town. <laughs> It's oh I I was in uh Curtapillum. <laughs> totally does. Totally does. <laughs> it was a it was a ski trip and if you've never been uh in uh Curtapillum uh during the running of the doves. <laughs> running of the doves. <laughs> it's magical. Oh dear. Oh, it's too much. Um, so yeah, so she gives up these pills, which she then, like, Scully's like, alright, whatever. So she goes out and she questions two nurses 
uh, that work at this funny farm. Um, basically, it's, in this in this cuckoo's nest, Duncan. yeah. She's like these pills, are you giving them to her? And do, do they give her magic powers? And they're like, well, one part of that statement's true. And she's like, what? That you give her the pills, or they have magic powers? And I'm like, no, no, no. The pills are just bread that she molds into these pill shapes. Which, if I'm holding them, I'm thinking she's molded them using her fingers and sweat. Ew. You know what I mean? Yeah, and maybe poo. Yeah. Like, we can't rule that out. <laughs> pudding, bo. Pudding. Um, <laughs> pudding of the ass. Um, <laughs> it, like, tuna is chicken of the sea. <laughs> yep, and, and what, is it, what is it in Anchorman 2? is uh, bats or chicken of the cave. <laughs> yeah, that's what they call them. I don't, I don't think anyone calls them that. But so, like, so underrated movie, Duncan. Scully's <laughs> got uh, these things, and she goes to throw them away, and they're like, "No, well, we will we take them because we think, you know, we're really that maybe they they have special powers and they stop the doppelganger things." And Scully's like, "All right, well, maybe I'll keep them. Me, a rational woman of science that doesn't believe in this hokum, will now keep these pills on the off chance they'll save me from these imaginary doppelgangers who have no place in my rational mind." Fuck this episode. Yeah. Fuck it, Bo. Yeah, she ain't Nancy's. You uh, fuck with my Scully, I will fuck with you. This is what happens when you fuck another man in the ass, Bo. So, all right. So, when, all right. So, after the the Scully nurse situation with the, the booty pills. Booty. Um, the booty pills. Booty pills. Booty pills. <laughs> Um, I don't. It should be a song. Is all I'm saying. Uh, it, sh- it should be. It should be a product. Maybe a product so, sold by Duncan and Boko. I I've been thinking we changed the name to Dunboko. Dunboko is better. Yeah, yeah. Rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Um, Dunboko. Also, kind of uh, sounds like what that guy shouts before he rips the hearts out of people in Temple of Doom. <laughs> Oh, Don Boko Boliram. See, I'm in. Uh, yeah, I'm in. All right, so, uh, so Dean Schmusenhound is being an asshole to the waitress, which we mentioned earlier, yeah. and he's a disgusting character, which confuses me because he was kind of the good guy defender earlier, and now I'm supposed to like him because he's a lawyer. Or, like, yeah. well, yeah, he's a lawyer, so he's an ass. I like, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Why have a character like? I guess they're like, well, this gives him depth, maybe, or or justifies his murder. I don't know. But, I don't know. All right, but sitting in the, the diner, he looks out the window and sees himself and freaks the fuck out. Right, and and in fairness, he goes to Mulder and Scully, and they're just like, hey, maybe you you should take some time off. You seem like you're under a lot of stress. Yeah, don't, wait and, a second. Like you're seeing another version of yourself that must be stress and not the case that we're looking into which has people killing themselves after seeing versions of their self yeah all right and so then like uh you know Mulder gives uh dean schmusenhound and stadter the car stadden the card stadter stadden student dwarf um <laughs> Um, so it gives him a, his card and it's like, "Hey, if you see another doppelganger, give me give me a ring." And uh, 
we then there, there we have this moment which is kind of what always made the X-Files great where Mulder is saying maybe there's an externalization of real evil killing these people. Now someone has sat down and written that as a thought in the writing room and no one has said that's what the whole episode should be. Right. <laughs> and, the, and and Scully is like, well, no, yeah. Mulder, this is all a manifestation of psychological wounds. And, you yeah. know, someone, and someone sat the there and wrote that bow and he was overruled in favor of the hangman idea. Right. It, it's like, why you raise this kind of good idea in the middle of the episode? And maybe it's kind of telling that it's three writers' names on a 45-minute piece of <laughs> Yeah, that should not happen. <laughs> um, where it's like, well, it, it like it, there's no consistency, not just to the greater X-Files mythology. Mm-hmm. There's no internal consistency in this episode as to what it, it's really about. Is it about, uh, you know, Scully and motherhood and, and feeling like, she she is getting older and is no longer in a position to be a parent again. And it, has she missed something fundamental in her life? And what does that mean when you think about mortality? And now that you're moving into this new phase where what you're doing in a way is preparing for your death. And it could have been about that. It could have been about the externalization of evil thing. But then it's about hangman. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. It could, it could have been. It could have been so many really interesting things. But we're just going with the easy way out. It could have even been an episode about Mulder and Scully's relationship. Which is to me when that when that's raised, that's the bit that I'm like, that right, cool. Let's have this silly backdrop as a way to juxtapose some real biting, serious emotional issues with two characters that we love. You know, that I've spent all this time with that we just want to see kind of come out okay at the other end. And no. Right. No. Yeah, I mean, the, the one of the nicer moments in, in the entire episode is when they're they're together and he's saying, like, you know, well, when you're old, I'll push your wheelchair with my wheelchair. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I'll always be there to tell you that you're wrong and you know i promise and they're like that's a nice moment i don't i don't think the dialogue is wonderful there but i think it's a nice moment between these two characters and these two actors that we've seen together for years and years and it's a nice moment where they're like no matter what comes next we'll always be together except for scully who is not going to be there next season if there is one yeah um, I don't think there will be another season, but <laughs> I don't. I I think this is it. I I hope, man. I hope the the end of uh, this season is the craziest fucking cliffhanger you ever saw, and and just end it there. I think. You know? I think Scully will wake up. <laughs> Shit! The entire season she's been in the hospital bed. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That makes sense. <laughs> like uh, undo anything that was fun. Like. Man, I, like, you know, here we are two-thirds of the way through this episode, surprisingly, <laughs> and and I'm pining for the Scully of the last episode, who at least is always kind of kicking ass. Yeah, kicking ass, a lot wittier, a lot funnier, a lot sharper, um, who is, they throw in, a, you know what's frustrating about this episode, 
is when Scully quotes the the Sherlock line. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, what? Yeah. The, the improbable, no matter what, how unlikely, when all else is ruled out, but it has to be the solution. Yeah, and I was like that. There's you're treating this as if this is some sort of Sherlockian or, or you know, uh, some sort of Conan Doyle mystery. It's really not. You know, I mean, you don't quote Sherlock in an episode like this. I mean, it's so bad. Yeah, it, yes. And, and you're right that why is this a big head scratcher when it's like, oh, she wrote his name on a hangman thing, talked about having a telepathic connection with her brother. We've seen weirder shit than this. Yeah, we've seen actual instances of telepathy. And before, you know, Mulder has plenty of files on it, which are now online. Uh, We could just take our computer out just now and look at existing X-Files to try and see if we can match something. That's gone. Gone are the days of Mulder explaining things that are happening grounded in mythology or other cases. That's not done anymore. The investigation part's finished. And the X-Files is literally them showing up, stumbling around until the answer really reveals itself in front of them. <laughs> it's fucking, honestly. Or just fucking. That's what happens. I, they just go to this town, fuck for a little while, and then the end comes. This is like is the, is the, the, the X-Files equivalent of Halloween 3 season of The Witch. Like Tom Atkins does not do, like, he doesn't crack the mystery. He takes a younger girl in a six pack in a hotel room and then everything unfolds around him and he stumbles luckily into it. That's <laughs> yeah. literally what yeah. this episode is. It's, yeah. oh my God. It, yeah, it's <laughs> the more you peel the layers of this onion, yeah. the stinkier it yeah, gets. Yeah, the more my um, eyes water. Um, <laughs> it's so, just. There, there's a pretty fun scene where uh, Dean uh, Schmoozen, Dorfen, Stotter, Stotten, Baden, Blitzen, Donner, <laughs> Dutton, um, <laughs> is dumping all of the many weapons he has stockpiled in his home. Right. So, yes, yeah, so this is quite interesting. Like, so basically, I think what he's doing is removing anything that can anything that could possibly be used to kill himself yeah right he's he's final destination in his house yeah so he starts off with with all the power tools and like wrenches and stuff then opens a safe which is about two steps away from having a retina scanner and a fingerprint as well on it uh, this big fancy clearly costs a lot of my name to- is my passport <laughs> verify me <laughs> and he- <laughs> He then takes all the weapons out there, just dumps them on the street where kids can pick them up. Good moves, hooding, stooding, fooding. Um, then he runs away upstairs and then takes all his belts and ties out because you can hang yourself with them, both. So none of that, right? And as he's also not a great selection. No, 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 no. Uh, and as he's running down the stairs in his palatial palace um, into what I have dubbed the samurai room, because um, he comes to this, there's a full samurai outfit and two massive glass walls with, I think, I want to go back and count them, but I think there's over 20 vintage samurai swords. Who is this guy? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? 
who, who like what, what corrupt organization is he working for? Like the mafia or something that can afford this place to begin with, but all these swords. So he's running with all these belts and all the rest. And he's like, fuck, there's something more deadly. The swords, which, by the way, I would be thinking as driving to my house, you know, Doppelme might struggle to get into that safe. He might not know what the combination is. However, I live in a house with 20 swords on the wall. I just mentioned it to a waitress earlier on. Earlier on in this scene, mentioned it to a waitress. I'm going to run upstairs and grab ties and belts and forget about my massive sword collection until I'm running downstairs and then that becomes a concern. Fuck off, Chris Carter. Yeah. It's shite. It's shite. Yeah, it's it's it this whole thing is starting to bring me down. Um <laughs> I'll I'll bring you back up. Uh, <laughs> but all right. So uh, we get another one of them like oh Mulder's in Scully's room scenes. And uh <laughs> yes as well as shite. <laughs> and and <laughs> And Scully is like, uh, "Hey, what do you? What the fuck are you doing back in my bedroom?" And he's like, "Hey, we found another body." And it's Dean, and everyone agrees reasonably uh, that he did not cut his own head off. That, um, yeah, that seems fair. Right. This is. <laughs> it's one of those things where, again, nobody's being a superstar detective here. Nope. We're all just admitting what is obvious, and then. Let's all carry on with the investigation, and eventually things will work out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, then we have the whole big scene where we talked about, you know, Mulder and Scully having this intimate conversation, and she's worried that he's going to want a greener banana, and he's like, no, baby, you're just the right shade of yellow for me. And uh, that might be racist, I don't know. And... Anyway, uh, then we do get a a, a, a peep at Doppel Scully again, and then uh, you mentioned this earlier, but it's worth repeating just because we're at the chronology of this scene to say that hey, Chris Carter, you don't get to make a really bad, obvious swipe at Trump in this scene mm-hmm. and feel like you're getting any points for yeah, that. You get zero points for that like zero points because it is ham-fisted doesn't make sense the context is all wrong and like scully all scully's at this point scully just wants a bit of reassurance that Mulder will be there for forever and Mulder is concentrating on his job more than anything it's like i might not have any jobs anymore we've got crazy president trying to investigate the fbi and all the rest and i'm like no no, that's not the conversation you have just now. You reassure Scully that she's not getting too old and we'll always be together. That's the conversation you have. This is terrible writing. Um, and it's like you say, it, it feels like Chris Carter's flung it in to score a point. Wrong episode, dude. That's not, this is not the right episode to do that and you've you've done nothing to merit it. Um, and yeah, as the... Once again, it sets up some interesting ideas about their relationship, and then it just flattens it like completely with just bad dialogue. Um, and 
like so they, they snuggle for a bit uh, ain't no fucking this time bo uh, and Mulder realises there's no fucking so he's like I know I'm going to go to the toilet drain the lizard um, and as he's in there he looks in the mirror and who does he see? Season. He sees double Mulder. Yes, he sees a double Mulder, and we cut to uh, Judy mm. and Chuck. <laughs> Good looking ass. <laughs> mm, I know. <laughs> mm. I like this angle. We can't, we can't, mm. we can't. I'm jealous of you. Sorry. He is lost in the moment looking at himself. And, uh, right. and the, they, they have a whole conversation. Yeah, the, yeah. Do, the double can't bring himself to kill himself because he too is enamored by him. So they're just, they're just, they just spend 25 minutes staring at each other through a mirror. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, have you ever thought about fucking each other? <laughs> oh. Even before I saw you. <laughs> Let's get a place in San Francisco. <laughs> One step ahead. I use Trivago. Use <laughs> Trivago. Airbnb. And scene. Yep. Uh, All right. Uh... So, so, but we've got we've got this this cut between Judy and Chucky playing their hangman game, and it's quite cool how they've done this. And that both of them are playing it, and we have the letter U and the letter L, which could stand for either Mulder or Scully. And I'm like, all oh, right, right. So we don't know who it's going to be, but what we don't actually know is the two of them are playing against each other, and Judy wants rid of Scully, and Chucky wants rid of Mulder. So they're both at cross purposes here. So they're both deliberately trying to kill the other person that the other one doesn't want to die. Um, and Mulder comes rushing out the bathroom just like I've cheated my double ah and Scott's like yeah something earlier on he's like yeah but this is important and she's like that well it's only important if you play into it if you just ignore it then it has no power over you and like, all right all right before we get to that stupid scene let me ask you this because it wasn't clear to me at the time mm -hmm. was it clear to you that they had just fucked no okay because later they reference it, yeah. and I'm like, I thought it was more of a hold me, we're going to have this conversation. Yeah, because that's how it's set up. So see if they fucked, that's another thing that's totally wrong about that entire scene. <laughs> I, I agree, but <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like I, in my notes, I have the, the three words and a question mark. They did it? Question mark? Yeah. Like. Did that happen? Yeah, and I, I didn't. I, I think, thought I missed. Yeah, it. I didn't think it did. But you are right. At the very end of this episode, Mulder makes reference to the fact that they fucked. Yeah, he says like, "Don't get lost in the afterglow" or or something like that. Yeah. Or so much for the afterglow. The uh, quite good record. Uh, <laughs> Bo describes nineties hits. That quite good record. Yeah, right. <laughs> so much for the afterglow. <laughs> I'm still dreaming of your ghost. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's not, it's not it's, once again, why bother to... Right, like, we should that. have seen them kiss. Yeah, or something. Or, yeah. No. Like, uh, you don't have to, like, knights in white satin me or anything. <laughs> yeah, you've not earned this, Bo, as a viewer. I've not earned it, so we don't get it. I guess not, but... 
Whatever. Anyway, so uh, Mulder fucks off. So they both, yeah, they split up. So Mulder decides he's going to take down Chucky, who he is convinced is gunning for him. And Scully decides that she's going to go and speak to Judy because I think she is convinced that Judy's probably gunning for her. Um, and then we get like a, we get a fascinating like Nightmare on Elm Street. You have no power over me labyrinth sort of scene with Scully in the car and Scully's double is in the back and Scully's basically like, you're in my head, you're not real, I don't believe in you, you don't exist, you have no power, you, you have no power over me! And then David right. David Bowie's fucking massive package just shrivels um, because like, <laughs> turns into a kill Um but he like he's like it's, it's like literally hard to say. You have, and then the double vanishes because right, yeah. It's, you're doing a little nightmare in Elm Street. It's, it's a it's, <laughs> so so. This is happening as she's making her way to the hospital. Mulder arrives to to take out the trash that is Chucky, um, but Mulder didn't listen to Scully. So Mulder's double decides it's time to good old fashioned fisticuffs. So, but when they shoot each other, yeah. do they hit each other or do they both miss? No, and this doesn't make any sense. Uh, one of the many, many things that don't make sense in this episode. So my understanding is that the doppel is a figment of their imagination. So what they do, they're doing to themselves, right? So if Mulder very much, if, if Mulder Tyler Durden's this gun, right? <laughs> like at his doppel, he's essentially shooting himself. But she doesn't. Do. But why didn't? He, but yeah, then why wouldn't he have shot himself then? Because yeah. he quite. But that's what I mean. He should have shot himself, not the the doppel. What would have happened is if he shot the doppel, he would have in his mind thought he'd done that, but in real life he would have pointed the gun at himself, and that rings true because later on he drops a book cabinet on himself because that's the only way that works. We need to open an X file on this X. Yeah, we need to open an X file in the writing room. <laughs> I don't understand. All right, so if if it is just an externalization of their imagination, well, it has to be because there's no, there's nothing to. But then, how do Judy and Chucky get killed by their own imagination? Well, how do they die? We don't get that. We just see them like as if they'd seen the ring video lying on the ground with their faces fucking contorted. There's no evidence of bruising or anything. So how do they die? We don't see it. It doesn't explain it. All right. Let, let's just get to the end. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't so, explain anything. But anyway, so Scully's managed to imagine one away. Meanwhile, Judy and Chucky have decided to turn it on each other. So they've created new Hangman uh, games and they're writing each other's names on the page, yeah. which basically sends double versions of themselves to kill each other while Mulder's doppel has vanished and Mulder is trapped under a bookcase, Scully arrives at the hospital. She runs up with the nurses and we get a good... Actually, I thought this was a really cool jump scare. Um, as they're walking towards the window, Judy fucking throws herself at the window, making everyone shit themselves, which is ironic because we know that Judy likes to shit herself and throw it at people. Yeah. She's made everyone... And then they all throw it around. Yeah. They throw it at her. They're like, how do you like that? <laughs> and um, they go in... Taste, their, taste your own poopy medicine. <laughs> And they go into the room, and uh, yeah, Judy's lying on the ground, 
face all contorted, like I said, like she's watched the video from Ring, um, and she's dead, and Mulder finds that Chucky is in exactly the same position. Um, and that's the end of the mystery? Yeah. Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one cool thing that happens in this sequence, I would argue, mm-hmm. is when Mulder finally gets himself out from under the bookcase, not the cool part, <laughs> Um and and goes to find Chucky who is dead as well with the you know the rictus of horror on his face mm-hmm. and the the hangman sheets he sees on the wall say mom and yeah dad. I like that and I was like oh that's a nice little you know bit of backstory like oh they they conspired together to kill their parents they've been doing this since childhood yeah you know they've been they've been doing um, it forever and yeah I'm the same as you I think that's cool I think it's a nice little nod um. But yeah, we then jumped to a scene of the books being taken into evidence because maybe Mulder and Scully are FBI agents and maybe they are working a case and maybe these things need to be catalogued for evidence. Maybe. Or or maybe it was just like they call Skinner and they're like, hey, boss, we just wrapped up the case. We, uh, you know, Arky's death has been uh, fully explained, kind of, and uh, we're, we're about to head off uh, for a new case. And he's like, well, uh, all right, well, well done, Agent Mulder. And then he hangs up and he's like, look, apparently Agent Mulder and Scully fucked up a bunch of stuff in Arkansas. I mean, I ain't some boys yeah, down there collect crew. all the shit you can I get. Clean up crew. <laughs> right? this, he's like, just this- the Mr. Wolf of the FBI <laughs> to clean up behind Mulder and just Scully. We have a clean up crew constantly on standby at all the field offices just to clean up their mess. Because no one, uh-huh. no one has brought themselves... Uh, no one has the heart to bring themselves to Mulder Scully and tell them they're no longer FBI agents. <laughs> they're like, it's a glitch. Yeah, the 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 work. Out. We're gonna fix it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like we're we've stopped paying. Yeah, that's no, like what what happens when the you know they the like what happens when they retire? We throw them a party. <laughs> it's like, you know, like <laughs> well, like well, what do we do if they, they you know they start to withdraw their pension? We all chip in. <laughs> we'll do it every do it every month. We'll like. Well, I don't. I can't tell them that they don't have a we job. Just, do you want yeah. to do it? I don't want to do it. I mean, not only is Scully nice, Mulder, uh, but Scully's really nice. And also, I mean, how fucking emotionally fragile must they be? Mulder has murdered people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is a murderer. If I do not chip in, I cannot guarantee my or my family safety. Yeah, let's. We'll just. We'll all throw in. A twenty each, and you know that'll that, you know we'll do it every month. Like we can all afford it. I know. Yeah, I, 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 Mulder, <laughs> a, a, Agent Smith. I know that little Timmy was wanting to go to summer camp this year, but we'll just skip that. We'll just you know just take the money you would have put in that and give it to Scully and Mulder. It's fine. Your wife will understand. She'll be glad that you're still alive and not had your head sawed off with a scalpel. Yeah, Mulder just rolls through the bureau offices fortnightly yep. to be like. Mm. I could use a few bucks. <laughs> hey, you guys remember when I killed those dudes a few days ago? I can get in trouble at all. <laughs> he doesn't. No one gets in trouble. It's so, it's so bad. But then the, the, the episode decides that it's going to go out on a touching note maybe 
I mean, does it touching by way of hubba hubba? Yeah, because like Mulder's like, you know, well, it's kind of he does the old look at his watch stretch, kind of getting late, you know, maybe we're going for a little sleep before we leave, and he's like, it's okay. I'm just saying we're going for a sleep. Nothing's going to happen. And she's like, ah, we're all right. And he's like, well, maybe I'll go through my room. And if you need me, you can call. And she's like, that. I, you know, <laughs> there, there's our line. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yeah. He, I, I don't even remember, man. It was something about like, hey, we got a couple more hours if you want to hop in yeah. bed or something like that. I mean, it's something but, like, fairly he, yeah, he says, like, if, But it's a little. He says, if you need hmm. me, like, and he's like, Perhaps they should leave. Oh, that's right. And uh, he's like, yeah. <laughs> what's, the, what's the Eddie Hazard line that we were talking about last time? Um, oh, maybe I should leave. Yes. <laughs> maybe oh, you should. Oh, perhaps you better have. <laughs> what's, what's Scully says, Tom? And he's like, oh, all right. Right. It's like, it's the, yeah. The, Agent Simon. Oh, I guess, <laughs> I, perhaps I should leave. Yes. I guess you better have. <laughs> she, um, she goes through and closes the door and she's still pretending things away and she's like oh, you know, things might change or whatever so then she makes a move to the door she opens the door and sexy Mulder has unbuttoned a couple of buttons off that shirt and hubba hubba waiting in the doorway like a creep also. oh yeah he's like... sniffing the door <laughs> I wonder if she touched this yeah, he'll, he'll, yeah literally licking it like a fucking starved dog, um, uh, just like like red lipstick out, yeah. uh, pants are like, down. Like just, we only see him from waist up, but he is pants down, dick. Yeah, out he is. He as soon as that door, he opens. has rubbed his cock on that doorknob. He's like, he, like he's he has he's salivated it up, and he's rubbing the tip. It's just it's. He was Weinstein <laughs> when she opened the door. He just had to stop real quick. It was like, oh, and, you know, like, assumed a much cooler. <laughs> Is that the noise you make? You get caught Weinstein. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. And then your elbow up, casual smile. Hey, nothing to see I guess here. we're gonna fuck, huh? That's why I have my pants yeah. off. Warm the engine up for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to waste any time. Yeah. Uh, you look. I know you said you felt like you were getting older yeah. and. Um, <laughs> tick tock, tick tock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's where the that's where the episode finishes. And um, well, but but it ends, Duncan, no. with one last little drip of stupidity. <laughs> where as the the credits start to roll, you hear the sound of a blade, like a a sword unsheathed, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, what the fuck is that supposed to be about? It's it's is that is it the ghost of Dean Schmusenhoudenhorn? <laughs> It's is someone is it's, it, it's one of the FBI agents carefully packing up that crime scene. One of the writers had a large storyline involving Dean Schmusendorfenstein <laughs> and and like swords. And that's why we heard it at the end of the episode, because it stayed in the script. Nobody ever was like, you know, in credit or you know, crit, uh fade mm-hmm. out and nobody read below the fade out where it said insert sound of sword unsheathing yep. 
and and somebody like somebody got to the editing room and was like, "Hey, right here it says a uh, sword and cheese." Anybody know what that's about? And and they're just like, "No, did did you watch the episode? <laughs> Do you know what any of that's about?" Fair enough, sword unsheathing it is. I like I don't I don't know what that's even in reference a to. Shit, but it's worse. <laughs> it's fucking shit. Um, right? It's, yeah, it's, we'll, we'll chalk it up as one of the many many felonious crimes that this episode has. It, okay, it's just a fucking mess. It's a terrible, terrible, terrible episode. Yes. Of the X Files, uh, the the only saving grace of it is, in fact, uh, let me get the actress's name real quick. Uh, Karen Connell. Yes, she's excellent. Uh, she she acquits herself well in an episode that uh, she does not deserve. Yeah, she's better than this. Um, in fact, her two previous entries in X Files that we mentioned are head and shoulders better than this episode. Yes. Um, it doesn't bother like the previous episode. We at least got a link into the overarching story. We're getting none of that in this episode. Mulder and Scully feel like another incarnation of Mulder and Scully. This will be the third incarnation of Mulder and Scully we've seen this season. Are Mulder and Scully on the X Files? Are they not on the X Files? Are they? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's not. It's not addressed. What are the X Files now? Are they online? Are they not online? Um, where is that office? Is that office in school, in Mulder's house, or is it in an FBI basement? Who's paying for these trips? How how are they getting signed off? What authority do they have? What what is the purpose of this episode? Why do we not acknowledge William earlier on in a conversation? Why are they not discussing all this fucking world ending shit? Like when they're lying in bed. To me, I'd be sitting there going, you know, Scully turns to Mulder and says, you know, I just get concerned that, you know, maybe in a couple of years' time you just find someone new and spend time with them. And Mulder should be replying to her at that point, yeah, I'm just concerned that in a few years' time all humanity will be gone, Scully. (laughs) The world will be wiped out. Neurotoxin, I don't know if you heard about it, discussed it two episodes ago, that's going to wipe out all the population. This kind of feels trivial. All these conversations mm, don't. I don't. It's not registering. <laughs> yeah, every every conversation that they are having together is trivial because we know the bigger picture. Right. And the answers yeah, like, aren't the in the stakes... X Files. Like that's that's stupid. The end of that first day, that that line <laughs> right. is stuck. You with... know the leads. Yeah, that... You already have the leads. You know. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to investigate the X Files, and in investigating one of the X Files, find something out that you didn't already. You know who has the toxin, and you know who the other side are. You might not fully know what either side's full motives are at the moment. And you work for the guy theoretically, yeah. who is your biggest and best lead. Yeah. Why are you not always at yeah. Skinner's? Why office are you in this town? Being like, hey, 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 Skinner, Walter, Pass hey, peace. Walter, Skinner, Pass. Walter, for the love of God, where's the smoking man? It doesn't make any sense. That none of this makes sense. It's like we. I think we spoke about in that first that that first episode of this season that the stakes have been raised so high. Now that you can't just cut, you can't just do this anymore. Like you can't just like let's have a monster of the week. It just feels flat. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, 
It it absolutely yeah it like concern like you said I I can almost buy the lone gunman storyline because that seemed to happen like the next day they just got this phone call and got swept up in it and it actually had something and, to do with yeah the Hershey Highway was in it so linked it so right. you know what I mean oh, yeah so there was actually something that at least you could hang your hat on to say well these are connected yeah. and this one's just like nope we're not even we forgot that. Scully had a kid until two scenes after they mentioned mm -hmm. it, you know, and it's just, it's frustrating. It feels lazy. It feels borderline disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Um, which is weird to say that, you know, Chris Carter, uh, as he straightens out his leg and hand, <laughs> um, It's like, ah, the greatest trick I ever pulled was convincing you that the X-Files could go on 11 Yeah, as that's that's um, exactly where I am now with, with it. And that last, I feel even more exacerbated than I did the last season. And the last season had two episodes that I liked and the rest, uh, two episodes that I liked. I had one scene with Mulder on mushrooms and another episode that I thought was really funny and really quirky, and I kind of loved that as well. But the rest of that episode was shit, and the other two episodes were shit. And then we'll jump to this season. That first episode was shit. The second one I actually quite liked because it was it was goofy and over the top, and all they had to do was do a monster of the week episode. That's where X Files shines. Like that's where it like it, it bests any other TV show initially is when they do their goofy one-off once of the week things and they fucked it up. They fucked it up by just not they don't care. No one cares that's making this show. And I feel so sorry for Mulder and Scully because they, it is literally like I get the feeling that every time they ask what their motivation is, they're getting a completely different answer. Which can only explain the, the huge inconsistencies between who their characters are between episodes. I I don't I don't get it. And this is episode three, and I'm already like, if I was not doing this for this show, I would probably bail. So, yeah, I I agree with that. But Duncan, I've had. Such a wonderful. Oh yeah, I've, this to me might be funnier than the previous episode, which is hard to say. And I think this one's longer as well. Have we been recording three yeah, hours? Oh, yes, we have. I should think about an episode that <laughs> 42 is forty-two minutes long. Not worth talking. Forty-two about. minutes long. Yeah. yeah, not even worth talking about at no, all. It's not <laughs> like like moving forward when we talk about this episode, it's going to be like, huh? Yeah, yeah that, that one. one. Um, and not three hours of conversation I'll, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put out oh. i will put out here before you ask me to close this out that i will be morally offended if the end of this episode does not have a song and then the unsheathing of a blade <laughs> all right all right done done um listeners oh god bless yeah. you i i mean you got tested with star trek yep and you hung through it and and you made it through that only to run smack dab, smack dab, goddammit, <laughs> into a a really really bad X Files episode. Uh, I hope you have enjoyed the journey. Uh, we certainly appreciate you listening, um, Duncan. Mm -hmm. Should people after this conversation have any desire to listen to you? Again? <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a question I personally wrestle with. Um, not you, about me. Uh, where could they do such a thing? Uh, come and check me out on podcast under the stairs. We're doing loads at the moment. We've just dropped an episode uh, with the best of British. We're doing a bonus episode this week. And this coming Monday, after this episode drops, you will not want to miss Baz v Horror episode 36. Is Baz taking on his second Master of Horror it's Stuart Gordon in Reanimator and Free From Beyond. And when I say that the Baz is at his most blue, his most filthy, his most triple X rated, and his most funny, I am underselling what this man does on this episode. It is the funniest Baz V horror that has ever been recorded by a long way. Do not operate machinery. Do not do anything manual. In fact, sit yourself in a chair wrapped in bubble wrap um, and listen to this episode. It's the only way you're going to get through it without hurting yourself. Good to know. I, it, public safety is important, uh, especially uh, considering I uh, run this website and could get yes. sued. So uh, <laughs> please do what Duncan says. Don't fuck around. You have a family, presumably, to think about. Sit down when you listen to that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, obviously, head over to legionpodcasts.com uh, for all things Legion Podcasts. I, I certainly appreciate um, everyone who uh, listens to the shows, not just the ones that uh, Duncan and I are on, but uh, lots of them. And uh, there are lots of good ones, so go check that stuff out. Um, and in the meantime, uh, only one short week stands between <laughs> us reuniting to discuss yet another soon-to-be classic episode <laughs> do we think it's of Duncan and Bo go to the X-Files. Do we think the episode what? of the X-Files is going to be better? D- dare, we, dare we hope for a better episode of the X-Files? I think you could trip over a stump and find an episode of the X-Files <laughs> that's better than this one. <laughs> and the only thing that would tell me that it will be worse than this one is written and directed by Chris Oh, uh, <laughs> If I see that, all bets are off. Yeah. It is just a free-for-all. Who knows how bad this could yeah. be. We, you have us for six more episodes, ladies and gents, and as despondent as we sound just now, whatever the show does not give you, we will make up in pure entertainment. Right, and also check in time to time just to see what watching horrible, disappointing television will do to someone over yeah. time. <laughs> I think you would be pleased to see the kind of misery that uh, results in uh, such mm-hmm. a thing. And uh, suffering, Duncan, <laughs> is so sweet. Uh, for Pinhead Duncan and myself. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been called that. I I know, but in the spirit of bellheads. Um <laughs> Say goodnight, Duncan. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Good night.